This episode of the Opie Radio Podcast, sponsored by Meat, 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 Meat. I love meat. Don't tell me you're still buying your meat from a grocery store. Don't do that. Do this. Go to unitedharvest.com. That's unitedharvest.com. And enter the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E to get 20% off site-wide with your order of $50 or more. I love these guys. You can hear the excitement in my voice. We're talking meat. UnitedHarvest.com. Use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E at checkout. And now on with the show. OPIE is here. And his show starts now. Ah, me happy. Hi, right, you can't. I would start every show with two Altman brothers. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> E-Rock, thank you. Now I'm very happy. Although Trouble No More is a great Altman Brothers song as well. It's, it's Muddy Waters. So, yes. Greg, I think Greg wrote that one. And, uh, but Muddy Waters wrote, uh, Trouble, uh, no, Trouble More. no More originally. Yeah. But I think the Altman Brothers made that song their own, don't you think? Well, they, uh, pumped it up a little bit. That's the old, uh, that was Ron White's go-to, whether at home or on the bus. And I would heard he, whether he was asking, a meet and greeter all the time. People would ask him about his music, and he was like, you know, I tried to listen to all these new stuff, do all these new things, and I'll listen to one or two songs, and I like it. And he goes, but yeah, every day, every goddamn day, I wake up, and I'm like... Fucking put on Eat a Peach. <laughs> that's, a good, that's, a, that's a good pick every single time. I was telling you, as those songs were playing, you can't listen to just one Allman Brothers song anyway. Oh, God, It's really no. tough. When I when I listen to one Allman Brothers song, then I'm into a whole loop. I had a girlfriend once, and, and the hook that she got me on was something somewhere in the first ten minutes of talking to her. She went, I don't mean the goddamn radio shitty five-minute version of Whipping Post. I mean the 19-minute version. I'm like, oh. Oh my God! What are you doing this weekend? Well, you know when I was a, when I was a music jock, that was the go-to song to get some things oh, done. Sure, of wink, course. wink, nudge, yeah, nudge. Sure. Depending on what you needed done, wink, wink, nudge, you nudge. Get on Rare Earth and In a God in the Vida, uh, and then my, that one. There's an hour and there's an hour and fifteen. Mine minutes. was Whipping Post because that was on the playlist. Oh yeah. So okay, I mean, right. maybe it wasn't on the playlist of the particular song I was uh, a particular shift I was doing, but I would sneak that one in there to maybe uh, I don't know do some things. Whatever. Yeah. Do some things. Extra activity. Extracurricular well, activity. Well, when I first started radio, I, I worked at a tiny little station in Geneva, New York called CQ102 Hit Music and More. And I was so bored doing the overnight shift playing music. You know, I, I mean, that was before I said fuck it all and just started talking in between the records a little more. Because I, I realized being a music jock, no offense to a lot of the people that do it. There are some people that absolutely do it very well. But in general, it's boring as fuck. And a lot I, of downtime. I, and I absolutely would not be in this business if I was uh, still just, you know, uh, talking in between records. That said, there absolutely are a few people. That oh, do God, it hell yeah. Uh, Christine Stone's one of them. I, I like listening to her, actually, in between the sure in, in between the songs. What? Dennis Falcone. Oh, and Dennis Falcone, of <laughs> the course. The master. Yes. The master. The ninja. Yes. So I, would, I was working in uh, Geneva, New York, and uh, overnights, only one at the station, literally. And I would get hungry, and I would put songs on, and I would get to the drive through and back before the song ended baby oh that's not that's good and that's, I, good it was, that's good work cheating it was it was a test and i'm trying to remember the songs that i did that to because uh, i i remember i started with a very long song and then i went oh 
God, I could beat that record. So the next time I was hungry, you know, a few weeks down the road or a month later, I'm like, I think I could, I could, I think I could do this in seven minutes. So you turned into Jack Warden, the judge, and then Justice for All with the helicopter, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and you started flying out <laughs> yeah. further and further until yes. you passed the gas point yes. before you returned back. Just, go, just, just for why not? Anything just, just to a, flirt with death. Anything to just, uh, I don't know. Let's well, work things. What's going exactly? Yeah. What's going on? And what's going on so, up there? WCTU is that what you said? Uh, CQ102 hit CQ music more. They would play like they would play Zeppelin, but then they would play like Bette Midler. All channels did that back yeah, then. Yeah, or whatever. I'm trying to remember. Like just uh, oh, Anita Baker was one. You of didn't them. get a lot of four. I don't know when you would know more than me about you know really 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 strict 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 format. Yeah. You know, so when I was old, you know coming up and Edison invented the radio or Marconi or <laughs> right. <laughs> they didn't. They just played everything. You yeah. might you might get Bette Midler followed by something yeah, else. They, about some, they, something else, you know, I, so. I didn't mind it. They threw it all together. Right. I mean, but it was Anita Baker. Then there was some Zeppelin a little later on in the shift. It was it was very strange. A guy named Randall Bliss. Remember him like it was yesterday. He he was the uh, the the guy that hired me for the first time professionally. Even though it was overnights on the weekend, but still, sure, whatever. You have to start somewhere. <laughs> and, and I didn't take it seriously because I was still living in um, Geneseo. The college I went to, so I would go to happy hour, get all sorts of fucked up, then go to the fraternity house for maybe an hour for a little nap, and then I would take the forty-five minute drive to, to oh, wow. Geneva, New York. Wow! Oh yeah! And then by the time I turned around at six 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 thirty in the morning, I was I was tired. Did did, uh, did sometimes the pit stop at the frat house turn not into a nap, but maybe an escalation? <laughs> and you had oh, to, oh yeah, and of you course. had to plow on. You had I'm not just, proud of it. But, I, no, I'm just saying sometimes. I'm not proud sometimes. of it, but there was definitely a, a whole. A bunch of times I was driving drunk to uh, my screaming my, through wherever, oh, right? God. Yeah. And, and it was just you know, uh, it was farmland. Of course, I've been up there with those with those just hills that go up. You don't even see what's coming up, uh, you know, when you're driving up these hilly roads. I've been all over. Side. I did so many gigs between doing the old college circuit and when you're just a comic and taking a gig for any money at all. And next thing you know, you're in the gymnasium at a Herkimer community community oh, college. Oh, did Herkimer did you yeah. outside like Utica, that. New York? Yeah, that was one of the first times. I got paid and we got to go home. Yeah, because uh, they there was a big basketball game that night, and the dude uh, realized no one was going to come to the the three of us idiots that have driven from New sure. York for the comedy show. And the student activity guy went. He wanted to go to the game too, and he went. You know, this thing got snowed out a few weeks ago, and they rescheduled. And I just found out today that we're kind of double fucked here. Nobody's going to come here. And he goes, I'll wait about five or ten minutes. And he goes, and I want to go see the game. And we're like, okay. And he gave us the checks, and we walked over to the gym with him, watched like the first half, and then got the, got the car. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. That was maybe the first time ever yeah. I got the money and didn't have to do anything. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Anyway, we got Vic Henley uh, here today. I, I saw uh, Morgan Spurlock's documentary on rats. He was in here talking about it. He, yeah. What do you mean? He, we had him in here. He was saying he oh, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. when he was like, getting it ready. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And that, we knew about the book and everything. Yeah, that was about, what, a month ago or so? Seems like. And it's based on, it says right in the beginning of the, the movie, it's based loosely based on the book Rats. Yes. And the book Rats, I really, really enjoyed. That was a great read. Now, you told me you even went out and were finding the area around the studio. Yes. You went, you went almost uh, rat downtown, hunting. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Downtown near... Um, uh, the Fulton Street uh, Market, right? Fulton Fish Market. Fulton oh, that's Street the main, Fish Market. That's the main Fulton, place. Whatever, yeah. There were some side roads uh, down there that had were infested with rats. But this movie by Morgan Spurlock, Bravo! I, I, I wrote him and said, "Man, you you outdid yourself. This movie's going to do very well. It's like a horror movie." 
Oh, good. I, it, it takes a lot to get my skin crawling. crawling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, my skin was crawling watching this movie. And uh, and then a few times I was making faces like this, and my my son's like, "What's wrong with you, Dad?" I'm like, "I'm I'm watching this movie." I, yeah, it, uh, I was just blown away by by this thing. That guy was awesome. We're looking at the. Is this the trailer? Yeah. Yeah. Play the trailer for Vic. They're showing the old guy with a flashlight taking a look. He's finding the rat droppings. He's looking. <laughs> he's looking in the drop ceiling, and a rat pops out. In New York City, there's a rat for every person. I think there's more. I spent 40 years out there working as an exterminator. I gotta respect them. They jump out. I'm jumping back. Area residents have been concerned about rat infestation. The city failing to control its vermin. Yeah, they said we don't have a rat problem. Jesus. Thousands of them. They're concerned about disease. Tapeworms. Parasites. <laughs> They're just too damn smart. It's becoming harder and harder to kill them. And the wow. Future. It's rat reproduction season. You put the rodenticide inside the bait box. Our elected officials do things half-assed. You just put poison down. It ain't happening. All over the globe, rats are showing poison-resistant mutations. Very, very concerning. It's widespread. Rats evolve ten times faster than humans. Oh, my God. And it's made them the most successful species on the planet. If something in the food chain ain't got something above it, we will knock it down. He's got it. Terriers. He's still alive. rats. No scientists. If we disappear, the rats would take over. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Oh, that's outstanding. I absolutely loved it. And Morgan Spurlock's going to be in tomorrow. That old guy, he's just in a room. It's lit perfectly, and he's smoking a cigar, and he's just talking about his 40, I think he said in the movie, 48 years he's been oh, wow. exterminating, uh, exterminating rats in New York City. And he just knows, look, we'll never get rid of the rats, and we'll barely knock down the population of the rats. And he said, even after all these years, if he sees a rat, he will jump back. Oh yeah, <laughs> he will jump back. He's still freaked out by rats after just so all so many times he, he's got a permanent yeah. flinch, and he's a, from just no. He, he looked like a very strong, powerful he, he's man. He's a badass yeah, in the movie. How he saying. talks he, about the rats. He, he did not like any kind of uh, a wilting flower right. at all. And he says we're just stupid, especially in New York, because we're just leaving bags of food, uh, you know, on the side of the road for for the sanitation. Yeah, and it's just filled with food. And That's the rats, all, yeah, of course. And the rats know it, and they're and and most of these bags right next to the sewer. So the the rats just know to pop up, pop into a bag, and and they got their their feast. Elevator to the buffet, baby. Right. You and, know. And I see them walking home all the time. Don't you see them? And no matter how nice the neighborhood, if there's garbage bags out on the street and you're out late enough and it's dark enough, that's their time. Yeah. You'll see them scurrying around the yes. whole time. I mean, that's just a common New York City I, thing. I was walking around uh, a bunch today, and I was I was looking at every crack, every crack in the sidewalk. <laughs> you got extra after watching. Uh, oh this. yeah. And I, if you if you really uh, look at look out for rats when you're walking around New York City, you are guaranteed to see one 
every day. That's why the, when every I see day. the little mouse, it doesn't bother me that much. Oh, I the mice are a I, joke. I, I think they're almost adorable. I, I, I'm not a I want to yeah. pet them. I, I, I lived on 71st and Columbus Avenue, and there was a major mice problem. They've heard my mice problems sure. over the years. I, I had a brownstone that was completely infested, uh, electric traps killing 60, 70, 80 of them in my apartment. Wow. My tiny little one-bedroom apartment. But down the road uh, on the corner of 71st and Columbus, there was a, a restaurant and a bunch of um, garbage pails there. At night, they would come out. And it was sort of like a thing to do to see how many mice you could see going in and out of these garbage pails every sure. single night. They just couldn't get rid of them. Uh, but they said if you have mice, you don't have rats. That's I we, down through the years. I might have. I've been in my place seventeen, eighteen years. I've probably seen maybe three max. You know, but mice? Got, if I leave my back door open, I think I think a couple of them have gotten in just because they've wandered in. But only mice, yeah. yeah. Never a rat. Always a little tiny mouse. Yeah, they say that if you got the mice, you should uh, bring you know. a sigh of relief. That means yeah, you don't have rats. My neighbor, they were uh, building a big high rise across from us, and it was driving a lot of them towards our building. Right. And my neighbor got a cat, and then that where there went that. And and that all it. went away. That was it. No more. When well, Eddie showed up. Right. And he's a Hitler cat. Oh, he's really? The, yeah, he's the cat with the Hitler mustache. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on. Uh, my brother used to live on the Upper East Side at around 100, somewhere in that area right. where it starts getting not as nice. Yeah, sure. And he was, uh, him and his buddies, right out of college. He tells horror stories about how they would just be fighting uh, rats in their apartment all the time. <laughs> all the rats, time. Bit rats. Oh, yeah, they yeah. were 22, sure. 23, so it, this, it didn't even bother them. <sighs> but they would get the, the pans, the pot and pans out and just start fucking hammering, you know, rats left and right. There was always something going on in his apartment. My my, my middle brother, Mike, lived in such a shithole in Birmingham, Alabama, and one of his favorite stories that he always told was they were having a big barbecue and a party, and they forgot something. They yeah. came back, so they left all the grocery bags sitting there on their kitchen table, still in the plastic bags and everything, and went, oh shit, we needed more ketchup or ice or right. something. And they were gone 10 minutes, and they came back, and two or three of the bags had already been eaten into. Oh, my God. And they'd gone for these, uh, 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 the buns. They'd gone right. for all the hot dog buns and hamburger buns and there was rat shit everywhere. And they were literally only gone 10 minutes. And they, couldn't, they were looking at how they get up on the table. Right. There were no chairs. And so they go outside. They get the maintenance man at the shithole apartment complex and bring him in. They show him all this. And he's like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. My experience, uh, the ones that are big enough to do this, uh, they can leap at you and jump like four or five feet in the air. I've had them jump at me. It scared Jeez. me to death. And my brother goes, this doesn't solve, I got a barbecue going on. Yeah, this yeah. doesn't solve my fucking problem. Of course not. You're telling me your solution to this is tell all your guests, oh, a big one can leap six feet in the air. <laughs> he talks about that in, in, in his uh, documentary, Morgan Spurlock, how they like to jump on your chest. That's what, he, that's what the maintenance man said. They have no yes. problem jumping on your chest. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about this movie a little bit. So, I mean, if you got to tune this, uh, tune us off, uh, tune us out for a little bit, I understand. But they talk about how the, the rats are mutating and they're getting, uh, basically immune to the poisons. The poison, the and they're saying this is happening around the world at the same fucking time and they don't understand. Oh. They don't understand that part of the equation. What? Secret rat grapevine. Uh, some kind of, uh, I don't know, like communication CB going on. CB radio. They're going old school. And, and they learn. So if you put poison down, they learn, you know, and they what they do is this is this is how smart the rat community they, they call them like communities because they they're they're you know they're they're uh, they, <laughs> I, I'm I'm stammering because of because uh, of this movie anyway uh, they they will send their weakest rat to check out what you know if something foreign is in the area no kidding and they'll they'll send the weakest rat 
And if the, the weakest rat, you know, dies because it's poison or whatever, then they're like, oh, okay. So you know what they do? Then they pee on that spot to tell everyone else, don't fuck with that really? area because they're putting poison down. Yes. Man. And they learn when you put traps in their areas, you know, because they, they have their, their whole, like, uh, system of how they, you know, right. wander around. And if you put something in there, they will learn to go around it because they're like, that. we know that this has nothing oh, to do with us and that this came from somewhere else. Good God. That was in the book, Rats. Morgan Spurlock did a great, great documentary. And then they're dissecting the rats and the stuff they find. That are living inside the organs. Yeah, that looked under gross the on the skin. documentary. You saw yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yes, correct. They, they that showed that. Super creepy. No, you said horror film. That looked uh, alien horror filmish. You oh know, creepazoid. When they're taking yes. the tweezers and just pulling, yeah. pulling things out of the rat, yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, see, this is very dangerous <laughs> to humans." <laughs> you see this thing? Worm. I'm itch. calling it thing. <laughs> wormish. Well, there, it was wormish. Yeah, yeah. Parasites yeah, sure, and God. Uh, and tapeworms they found. And some kind of some kind of fly larvae. Where is this going to be on? Is it on a, I, any day? Because he's promoting. He'll be in here tomorrow. So I don't know where it's going. I, I would assume he's throwing this in movie theaters. This because this, like I said, it, it it plays like a horror. It's movie. It's a feature, right? Yeah, I can tell by why you're watching and right. the way the, the trailers cut is also very super interesting and scary at the same damn time. And then they went all over the world. They go to India and they have a major rat problem there, obviously. And there's there's this guy they uh, follow for a little while. Midnight's at Landmark Cinemas starting... Oh, no. Okay. Discovery Channel. Oh, it's going on the Discovery Channel. Yeah. October 22nd. Yeah. That would be Saturday. Yeah. It'll be on the Discovery Channel. Uh, rats, the documentary by Morgan Spurlock. So they go to India, and uh, there's such a problem with rats there. There's this guy. He gets together with his friends, and they just got sandals on. And 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 the government over there is saying, if you're going to hunt rats, you got to get gloves and, and proper footwear on. <laughs> These guys go out with a net. They got sandals on. No gloves and they know where the rats are and they uh you know they get them out of their burrows and stuff and then they trap them with the uh the net and then they show these guys just breaking the necks of the rats they're like that's how they finally get rid of them that's the final solution because they don't want the blood around for whatever reason i guess because that would spread the disease sure and they collect rats all night so they got them in a big bag and there's like a a bag of pecans and they're just cracking them up they're just taking them out they're they're just (laughs) yanking them then and then a a move to break the neck And then at the end of the night, this guy and his buddies, they got a whole bag of rats and they go to some government outlet or whatever and they're getting paid. Nice. You know, per rat or whatever. That's, and that's, that's what they do for a living. That night they go and hunt rats well, with, with sandals on. <laughs> oh, and this scene. Because they don't give a fuck. This scene was amazing. The people, we've seen that. Those are like the people in New York with the dogs. With the you terriers. Should, yeah, with the terriers. That's I guess also crazy. I had no idea, but uh, the Mike Rowe thing on CNN that we played recently yeah. on this show where there's a group of people in New York City, they take their terriers and they hunt rats yeah. at night and it's a yeah. whole, it's a whole group and they, uh, I guess they socialize doing this. My buddy went after one this summer and he thought it was a squirrel and it was just he was sitting there by the pool in Dallas and all of a sudden Cooper went crazy and went charging because next thing you knew he had him was just yanking him around he had to take Cooper to the vet immediately right because of all the whatever he might have just ingested but he's he, he's never he's had the dog five six years never seen him go off like a shot like that at something it's, and just scared him to death when he found out it was a goddamn rat isn't know? it scary when you learn how violent your pet could be <laughs> well, I would, yes exactly I've met Cooper and Cooper is he named him Cooper because I had a dog named Cooper and my dog was pretty mellow. Right. Yeah. And he was named out and he's a little high strung with the bouncing and but not out of control. You can walk him off the leash, he always listened. He's yeah. a boy, he went his eyes roll like you know, like jaws. He yeah. went batshit crazy I, that day. I had a flea infested 
cat that I got uh, in Buffalo. And when I moved back home to Long Island to do radio at BAB, I was living with my parents for a little while, and I had this uh, flea-infested cat. At the, by the time I got it to Long Island, no more fleas, thank God. But uh, I, I was doing a, a late-night shift at BAB, and I would come home, and I would leave the cat outside all night long because my mom was allergic to cats. And this thing would bring me chipmunks every night. Oh, wow. I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah. I thought this was just a cute, innocent like cat, <laughs> my pet. And, I mean, these things dead sure. and just ripped apart. Oh, and he yeah. would drop them at my feet almost every night when I pulled up. He knew my car. He and, and he'd come running down from the woods with a chipmunk, dropped it at the at the stoop, and then went inside with it. Daddy's me. home. Yeah. But when you learn what your pet is capable of doing, it's very creepy. My The aforementioned Freddy, the Hitler cat, I, yeah. would, I would occasionally go and feed him when my neighbors were going vacation and stuff. And one time I went over there to feed him, and he brought in, I, I don't know, it had to be more than one pigeon, but there were so many feathers and uh, disemboweling going on over the whole. It looked like somebody just opened up feather pillow and shook it from one end of their apartment <laughs> really? to the other. And so I we I did have a cell phone at the time, and I remember sending my neighbor, I'm like, tell me where your vacuum cleaner is. I can't just leave this in here for two days. And she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, never mind. Like, like Freddie went on a killing spree. <laughs> and he was doing the same thing. They were gone, and he was bringing them the pigeons or something because I was coming and bringing him the food. I don't yeah. know, but some weird-ass thing was going Man. on. Yeah, that was one of the biggest messes I've ever cleaned up, period, in my life was a, a, pi- a Fred kill. A, a pigeon that was ripped apart. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, well, in the Mer- uh, Morgan Spurlock documentary, these terriers. So, so you know, Mike Rowe introduced me to that, yes. where the terriers love hunting rats. They probably love hunting squirrels and everything else, I would assume, not just rats. Anyway, in the movie... Uh, they, there's a whole group in England that goes to these farms, these pig farms and stuff that have major rat problems that are really, you know, eating the, eating crops and eating the feed for the pigs and all that. Yeah. And you hire these guys. Yeah, you, this scene. They right come here. in. And they come in with their terriers and I think they had about 20 dogs, uh, ripping through this farm. And the violence that, <laughs> that they showed in, in this scene was just unbelievable. And the terriers both grabbing the same rat at the same time as it's alive, just oh, ripping it to shreds. Sure, sure. Where the owners have to calm the, you know, the dogs down a little bit and try to get the rat out of its mouth. Well, the one with my growers like that. And that was just city ones. They were just shaking Crazy. the dumpsters and they, no, it's like, you're yeah. right. It's just complete. They, you can't. Four hours later, you know they're they're uh, bathed and groomed, and they're right. in your house sitting on your couch, right? Yeah, looking like, your face yeah, all night, acting like yeah, playing with your kids, acting yeah. like nothing ever happened. Sit, uku, you know everything's fine. But they got that in their brains. Oh, well, that's that they could turn on at any second. all the way back to the wolf, baby. At any second, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the wolf gene is it's still Hulk deep time. in there somewhere. It's like, it's like their whole yeah, time. yeah. Uh, and then there was uh, then they they went to Cambodia. And it was, I think it was a rice field. And these guys were collecting rats. And I didn't know, I didn't know why, but at first, but in the movie, they're like, yeah, they want them alive. I'm like, okay, what the, what the fuck is going on here? So these guys are collecting all these rats in, in traps. Then they sell it to this one guy. He's got scales and everything, depending on how much rat you're, you're bringing. He's paying, and they're showing him paying the money. And these guys are going off all happy on their scooters. Then this guy goes to the border, border of Vietnam, and he hands over the rats. And they're cooking them. Oh, they're cooking them. And then they show a lady preparing, preparing rats. Well, First you know. of all, she drowns all of them. Okay, you got a blank. She drowns all the rats, and then she's got a cleaver, and she's just chopping <laughs> the legs, the tail, the head <laughs> off like it's nothing. And then she's skinning the rats, 
And then she's trying to say how delicious rats are and that everyone should try it. It, it tastes like chicken, but a little sweeter, they say in this movie. Oh, A God. little sweeter. And then they show these beautiful uh, displays, uh, dishes. That, that she that makes the meat out. is, is that, that that's what it is. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> and then they put it at, at the table, and you see these guys just ripping into this uh, these rat dishes like it's chicken wings. Well, you know, to each his own, I guess. Andrew Zimmern's made a career going around the world and right. eating that stuff and watching it. Right. Bourdain's ain't, ain't eating some crazy. Bourdain stuff. Bourdain doesn't get as crazy as Zimmern, right? I've seen. I saw him eat the reason I ate the eyeball on your show back when I ate the eyeball that the yeah. Mad Cuban was yeah. because I'd seen Anthony Bourdain eat the seal eyeball right out of the seal, fresh on the ice. Oh my god! Yeah. Gosh. At least the Mad Cuban had blanched mine, and yeah, it was disgusting. Wasn't it was it? weird. It was just so you know odd. You yeah. Know, Goddamn eyeball. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, and then the final scene of Rats, I you just got to see it. You just got to see it. I, I can't give away. Uh, Is it an hour and a half? Is it a feature? It's nice, a nice, solid hour and a half. Perfect. And like I said, my skin was crawling through most of this movie. It takes a lot for me to get to get to that point. And the last scene, the last 10 minutes, it's like, holy shit, what the fuck? We'll talk about that next week after it runs on uh, Discovery this weekend. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I can't wait. Then just in time for Halloween. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> Something it, creepy and awful it, for the kids. It kind of plays like a horror movie. I, well, I, I, love really that. I like that analysis. I bet you Spurlock will like that analysis, too. Yeah. We'll see what he says. All right. We'll, we'll have him in here tomorrow. So, All right. Give me a moment to talk about meat. I've been very excited about these guys coming aboard. I'm talking about UnitedHarvest.com, promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, to get 20% off. I had a meeting with these guys, and they said, oh, by the way, we sent you some meat. I said, really? Where did you send it? And they said, New York City. And I said, meeting is over. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I've heard enough. I want to try your meat. So I I made a special trip to New York City just to get the meat from unitedharvest.com. And I got to tell you, just like they say, it's way better than the meat in the grocery store. Carl told me that many, many years ago, and I now believe it. They gave me like four, $500 worth of meat, and I, I can't get enough of UnitedHarvest.com. Promo code OP, O-P-I-E, to get 20% off. They exclusively provide the best cuts of American beef, Wagyu, and lamb. I know exactly what I'm getting and exactly where it's from, and wow, you can really taste the difference. That is the truth. United Harvest works directly with North American family farms that uphold the highest standards of quality and animal care. You know, instead of an industrial factory, all of United Harvest meats is processed in Oregon by an expert butcher. The end result is superior to what you get from the big supply chains and sold directly to you at a surprisingly good price. We're talking ribeye steak, New York strip. Which, by the way, is potato-fed, not corn-fed, resulting in a richer and fuller flavor. I know this stuff now. And like I said, they got the Wagyu uh, top sirloin steak, which is versatile cut that's lean and flavorful. Lamb loin chops that are perfect for a holiday party. They are tender, packed with flavor, and quick to cook. And I got to tell you, the flavor is out of this world because premium quality is built into every step. Uh, We're talking no hormones, GMOs, or unnecessary antibiotics. All right, this is all babble. I know that. You got to trust me. Here's what I want you to do. Go to unitedharvest.com. That's unitedharvest.com. Enter the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, to get 20% off site-wide with your order of $50 or more. Once again, unitedharvest.com. 
Use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, at checkout. And a big welcome aboard to UnitedHarvest.com. All right, let's do one more quick one, and then the rest of the episode will be commercial-free. We're talking Hawthorne. What's up, Hawthorne? H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. Whether you're treating yourself or shopping for someone on your list, finding the right holiday gift is never easy, but this holiday season, Hawthorne is making gift-giving fun and simple. Hawthorne is a premium tailored personal care brand that's making it easy for guys to feel and smell their best. What you do is you go to their website, hawthorne.co, and you start with a simple quiz. They ask you all sorts of questions about your lifestyle and your hair type and your skin type and what do you like to do. And then what they do is they pick out products that are tailored for you, my friends. I did the quiz, and I got a really, really nice shampoo, a really, really nice uh, conditioner, really nice cologne, and some, uh, some of those lotions. It's a great site to build personalized gifts for everyone. Hawthorne is a fun and convenient way to get super high-quality products tailored specifically for men. And Hawthorne even takes the risk out of it by giving you free shipping on your order and returns. And if you don't like their products, they'll even retail them based on your feedback. All right, this is what you need to do. Get special offers for the holidays going on right now by visiting Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. To check out their special holiday offers, that's Hawthorne.co. Uh, let me say hi to good old Joe in the Poconos. Joe, what's going on? What's up, Opie? Hey, man. Yeah, man. Uh, in 99, I was 17, and I was working in the East Village. We were building a Rite Aid. And uh, the laborers were jackhammering the floor out, and this giant rat pops out, and the seven-foot-tall guy named Mustafa hit it with a shovel. And the rat just shook it off and ran right towards him. It, like, <laughs> it, did, it did nothing. I mean, Mustafa was like an African dude with yellow eyes. He was like one of the biggest, scariest dudes I ever met. Yeah. This rat was like, I don't know, it took a shot and it did nothing. I, I love I love how you said he shook it off. I, I completely believe that. <laughs> completely believe that. All right, Joe, whatever. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let me yeah, move man, on. No, to, keep, keep up the good work. All right, man. Let me say hi to Rocky in uh, New Jersey. Rocky, what's going on, man? Not much. I love the show. Thanks, Rocky. Hey, so I own some of those dogs. I took some to a job one time. I hate those rats, man. Those rats, one of my dogs goes in the kitchen. One of those rats gets up on its hind legs and tries to fuck my dog in the ass. Not even kidding. Uh, is this an old joke? Yeah, I, I, we're waiting for the punchline. You're, you're telling the truth there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's embarrassed because his, his dog almost got fucked in the ass by a rat. <laughs> okay. The dog doesn't come back from that one. <laughs> no. I, he retired. He, I, he, he, I couldn't look him in the face. Yeah. I used to have some pretty good connections in New York City, and the and the boys were going to take me down into the subway system, way down, where most people don't go. And they said, because I, I I was obsessed with wanting to see rats for a while. Okay. And they're like, all right, you want to see rats? We'll bring you. But I, they're like, I, but we don't think you're going to you know s- survive. You're not going to like this whatsoever. We do this uh, for a living, and we're freaked out. Uh-huh. And uh, to bring a civilian down there, you got to be well prepared for this. And they're like, we got to dress you from head to. T- 
toe and you're, you're going down ladders way deep. Well, like you said, if the if the creepy guy in the movie who seemed calm, cool, and yeah. collected talking about it, yeah, still thinks he's you know he didn't seem demure. Yeah, if he's still jumping back and flinching, it must something crazy. It must be uh, orgiastic. Right. <laughs> Wait, I don't even know. I don't know that word. It's just a big pile of rats okay. where you just look up maybe like a thousand of them. Just looks like they're all just moving together as one fucking giant rat unit. Well, that's what you see in New York sometimes with the bushes. You think there's a little breeze happening. A little oh. breeze. And then you're like, nope, there's a whole bunch of rats out oh. feeding right now. Oh. But I backed out. In the end, I backed out. I, I had a chance to go deep down into the subways. And they're like, we'll show you some rats. You and some they would rats? say stuff like, you know, the rats are as big as little dogs down there and everything. I'm like, holy fuck. Maybe I would, uh, I would do it. How do I? Would do, you go underground and check out the, the sure, rats? Sure, I would. Yeah, I really? would. Okay. In a suit, I'd feel safe. And I'd, I'd feel like there was something scientific and okay about it. When I'm sure the fucker could just snap right through there and rip a hole yeah. in it. You wouldn't. You wouldn't enough. go down there like the guys in India with just sandals. No, on? I wouldn't go flip flops. No flip flops. No some Bermuda shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say hi to Alan in Sacramento. Alan, what's going on, man? I got a got a cat kill story for you. I uh, rescued a cat, and uh, I guess we'd been, uh, she'd been at the house about a week, and I used to have uh, doves that would perch on the balcony out, outside the apartment. Well, I got up one morning, and it was like, uh, what the heck is that? And she's sitting at the foot of the bed, and there is one half of a, of a dove. I mean, perfectly dissected right down the half. You go around the corner, and there's like this bird murder scene on the floor. <laughs> she's, she's sitting there just looking so cute, like, see what I brought you? Look what I did. Like, oh, yeah. that's, that's so nice. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it, it creeps you out when you realize what your pet is it's, capable yeah. of doing. Yeah. And most of us have found oh. that out over the years. First. They're like every good corporation. They're good listeners. Oh, Corporations yeah, really? are known for their listening and openness and oh, really? encouragement. We just had Bosses Day. <laughs> we just had Bosses Day. You should have gotten them something. It's, uh, yeah. it's not really a Bosses Day. Their bosses Day was was Monday, I think. Uh, do do you get to put a big pile of shit uh, on you their desk? Whatever. I don't know, but I believe it was Monday. It was, uh, it Who was the past. fuck came up with <laughs> Bosses some, Day? Some kiss-ass in HR, motherfucker. That's, That's exactly who. right. Yeah, see? There it was. That's exactly right. There was a little bit of a panic yesterday because we're we're on this floor, which is more programming, and people are you know relatively cool. These are the people that are creating and trying to get something done. Upstairs, it's a little more stuffy, and I and I uh, they threw me upstairs. Uh, there's like an empty uh, empty office that I've been kind of using, barely <laughs> using because it, it doesn't even have a chair in it. It's just moving you around yeah. now, like the intern. Yeah, put him over. You're like the guy in office space, Stephen, yeah, exactly. Stephen Root. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Milton. 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 So Paul's been up there. It, it's pretty sad, to be honest with you, Vic. If, if you follow me on Instagram, Opie Radio, I'm, I'm really okay. pushing my Instagram a lot lately. Right. And, and you can do stories on Instagram. So I showed my empty office. Right. It, I had a chair yesterday. Now I don't have a chair anymore. Wow. And then I have uh, a, a, what, a suit bag. That's just hanging. A garment bag. A just, garment bag with no suit in it. Uh-huh. And that's, that's my office. So I'm up there yesterday and then Larry, who's, who pretty much runs this place, Larry pops into this office space that I'm using and I just start screaming with the door open. Get the fuck out, Larry. I don't want you here. Larry, fuck you. And Kenny, who's never bothered. 
I was, oh yeah, I was never filming flinches. It. I was never filming flinches. it for my dumb Instagram right. story. It's a little sketch. So I'm like, oh, that that came out well. I was kind of happy with that. I was yelling at Larry and telling him to go fuck himself. <laughs> and then Kenny comes running in. He never. He's, he, he's you know, he's Kenny scared. goes. HR's on this floor. Oh, God. And everyone did, popped up from their cubicles. They're fucking pissed that you're screaming, fuck you on this floor. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. I love that. See? You do love that's that? What I do. I love okay. shit like that. No, once, I was somewhere, yeah, I was somewhere once talking to a friend of mine somewhere and a whole bunch of heads popped out. I'm like, I know I'm not supposed to be in here. Yeah. They were screaming at me, yeah. but I was telling some foul story about yeah. something, whatever. But I'm so, no, it's good for them. I, I'm, in a, I'm in a good mood today until you brought up Boss's Day. You know, I'm sorry. I, think I apologize. That is pathetic. Just forget it. Just etch a sketch. Just erase it. Go Who back. Who the fuck came I up with that? You. Look it up. Some kiss ass. Somebody. Somebody. Somebody at Hallmark in HR. That's what some kiss ass at right. Hallmark. Yeah, exactly. In HR. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Wanting to create yet another. You know, it's stupid Hallmark just trying to get more cards out there that we have to buy, right? Patricia Bays Horowski registered National Boss Day with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce in 1958. Yuck! Working as a secretary for a state farm insurance company in Deerfield, Illinois. So oh, what a go. kiss she ass. Picked, yeah, that's I what guarantee she didn't even get a fucking Christmas bonus, it even after coming up with Boss's Day. In 58? That's like Mad Men and shit. Right. You know, I'm sure it wasn't a... Lovely oh, environment like, for women in the workplace in 58. That was She's the Heine pinching era. <laughs> right? The, the Donald Trump pussy grabbing time. Yeah, you give, a, you give the old secretary a pinch on the Heine just to sh- uh, show her that she's doing a good job. That's what you're right. Exactly. A wink, wink and a nod. Maybe buy her a martini afterward. Uh, right. She was working for her father at the time. Oh, okay. All right. That's so you okay. understand that a little so bit. So she is kissing ass. Uh, the purpose of designating a special day in the workplace is to show the appreciation for her bosses she thought they deserved. Okay. This was also a strategy to attempt to improve intra-office relationships between managers and their employees. How did that work out for you, Patricia? <laughs> Everyone hates their managers. It said Hallmark didn't get on board till 79. Yeah, of course. So they, did. they waited. They waited for 20 years. They waited for 20 <laughs> years, and then they jumped on board in 79, which I think is very patient for Hallmark. Usually uh, they're right in there on day especially two. Especially if they know they can make a little That's money what I'm saying. Off they're there on day two, usually. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Let's I'm sorry say, I told you that. Let's say hi to Roy in Ohio. What's up, Roy? Uh, hello. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Whack, whack. Hacky <laughs> <laughs> radio shit. Yeah. Um, I'm a truck driver now, and when I was a kid, we used to travel with a carnival, and we used to live down in Texas, and we was taking care of some of the equipment out there. And this rack come running across the yard. My mom whacked it in the head with a shovel. Took it across the street, then shook it off. It come back at her again. <laughs> she whacked it harder. <laughs> she thought she killed it the second time. Yeah. Took it back across the street, threw it out in the ditch. Yeah. About a half hour later, she went to go check on it again, and the damn thing was gone. Oh, he walked it off. <laughs> this guy, he said, you were a carny? You grew up in the carny? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Rol- yeah. Ro- rolling around Texas, setting up shit year-round? or yep. What was your game? Uh... Well, we had Smash the Can, we had High Striker, we had Pool the Guesser, Glass Pitch, uh, we had uh, Bushel Baskets, Darts, Balloons, Stars, um, we had uh, Fun House, Spook House. Right. Get freak well, shows. Dad managed a lot of rides and stuff. And tell um, the people out there that it's almost impossible to win these things. It is not impossible, but there is a skill to it. You really got to know how to do it just right. 
Exactly. What about the milk uh, the milk bottles with the rings? And there's a whole field of milk bottles, and all you have to do is get it on the top? That's impossible, yep. right? Nope. That's all skill. <laughs> well, it's, it's more like luck. How is more that luck. skill? It's luck. It's we, had, we had how many of us? Like six of us down on the Jersey boardwalk in Wildwood. Over and mm-hmm. over again, just trying to get one out of out of six of us, all getting a bucket of those rings uh, at a time. My favorite one was uh, landing the coin on the plate. <laughs> yeah, that was my yeah, favorite yeah. one. That was my prize. <laughs> Were you good at? I it? was okay at. It. I was okay at the coin. You actually won? Oh yeah, I won a couple of times. Uh, blind good. luck, like you said, though. If you win, it's blind luck. Yeah. yeah. All right. There's, yeah. You can't say it's skill. Yeah. The little red ring it on the top cute. of the the milk uh, bottles. That one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's skill in the way you toss it. All right. Did you did you ever have anything go? Sorry, man. Did you ever have anything go wrong? Did people want to whip your ass for cheating them? Did uh, did it? You know, <laughs> every fucking night. <laughs> if, if 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 I didn't have people pissed off at me by the end of the night, I didn't do my job right. <laughs> how, how many uh, fights uh, did he get in over the years? Oh, at one time. Well, see, my dad was six foot five and a half, and he weighed about three hundred fifty, four hundred pounds. Good guy. And I, I would, I would take on, you know, three, four, five guys by myself. But when they were bigger guys, my dad was, my dad was always in the background. I let these guys run their mouth, and I'm like, you know, y'all can jump in anytime. I said, but he's my backup. And boy, those guys are just. Run yeah. away. They didn't want nothing to do with my dad. <laughs> that, that sounds like a great gig, though. Is he still alive today? It, no, he passed away in 05. Um, oh, he was a truck driver. He get he uh, um, got riddled up with cancer pretty bad. And, Fuck. Sorry to hear yeah. bro. How about a big old yeah. burly right. fucking carny owner <laughs> right. traveling oh, around Texas? I, I think it would be a good gig for a while. <laughs> Super interesting. It Absolutely. Was, it, Some people watching. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I mean. I, uh, from the time I was young, well, me and my brothers, we we traveled, you know, until uh, about ninety four. So you did it from you tired. did it from like your teenage years into your twenties or something? Uh, no, I no, I was a kid. I grew up doing it. Oh, but we take uh, we traveled awesome. during that's the summer better, time, right. mostly. That's right. even better. Yeah, that's oh very, yeah, like a five year old just roaming around the right. debauchery of the Carney show. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. All right, Roy, thank you so much for calling the show. Hey, no problem. All right, man. Yeah. I, oh, sorry, I hung up on you. And, the, and now we just got a ton of people talking about their pets just dragging all sorts of uh, dead shit into their houses. Well, if we said, you know, the most inter- I wonder what the most interesting thing, you know, well, somebody you got, could claim, you know, I, 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 rats and birds and, you know, squirrels and chipmunks. That's all pretty kind. Anybody got like a beaver? All right, let me read this. You know? uh, Scott in Nevada, I ate rat in uh, Thailand. Alex in New Mexico, I had a giant rabbit that killed the neighbor's cats. Ooh, that's good. Uh, Jason, Ohio, rats used to fall on my face and I Rack. <laughs> Rich in Cleveland. Sorry about the Blue Jays, Rich. Keeping that series alive. He writes, my cat drags rabbits and mice through the doggy door. Okay. Jimmy in New York, lobsters and shrimp eat shit off the ocean floor and we eat them. Lisa in Michigan, rat games at the carnival. 
Uh, Brad in Georgia, Vic sounds like a liberal Democrat the more he speaks. <laughs> Threw a little anger in there. Uh, it's okay. I will, uh, what should I say? It might not sound like a liberal Democrat. Uh, Threw a little anger. I will, I will retract your right okay. to vote. And then Dave in Chicago, we used to light rats on fire. I, I'm going to go with the giant rabbit. Right? Yeah. All right. Alex in New Mexico. Uh, one more before we uh, take a break, move on to other things. What's up, Alex? Hey, how's it going? Love in the afternoon. Thank you, buddy. Uh, yeah, I had a rabbit. At, my grandpa used to have a rodeo up in southern Oregon, and uh, they released a bunch of uh, fryer rabbits out one year, and the kids could all go get them. And I ended up catching one, and we took it back home to northern California there. It grew up. It was tiny, and it got to about the size of, like, a big-ass house cat. And um, we'd let it run around the backyard until the neighbor's cats would patrol the fence. And then eventually one day we left her out on accident and came home. She had shredded the throat and the belly out of the neighbor's cat behind us. And, you know, you're seven years old. That's a fun thing to come home to. <laughs> yeah, that's horrifying. Wow. Killer so, yeah, bunny? She, yeah, she killed four cats in the neighborhood. And we had a we had a St. Bernard and a German Shepherd, too. But that rabbit would just... Sit in the yard, wait, wait. Cat would come down, and she would fuck their day up. So it wasn't the cat starting some shit trying to kill the rabbit. It was the other way around. She was just chilling, no, and then murder yeah. time. Wow. Well, they, they thought they were going to take out, take this rabbit down. You'd see them stalk the fence and stalk the fence, and the second they got near her and tried to pounce, she'd flip 180, kick, stun them, and then jump on them, start shredding them with her little back feet, and then start biting at their throats. Like, it was a serial killer rabbit. <laughs> Holy shit. That's a deep yeah, we, we had to no put kidding. her down because she had a prolapsed asshole. So, <laughs> Wait, the giant rabbit couldn't uh, survive a prolapsed asshole? Well, it shit half of its intestines out. I'm like, oh, oh I'm the vet. They're like, no, that's, that's, that's not from eating something wrong. That's, uh, that's, that's her inside. So. That's a medical problem. Yeah, that's, that is a problem. Yeah. My mom was like, you know, I think we're done cleaning up dead rabbit, uh, dead cats out of the back. <laughs> anyway, my mom would put them in a trash bag and like hide them so that the neighbors, the neighbors, like, what happened to my cat? Yeah, yeah. Dad, like, fuck, gosh, shit, I don't know what the fuck happened to your cat. Must be that, uh, must have been something. I'm reading my between was, the lines here. I, I think they were yeah. finding an excuse to get rid of the fucking giant rabbit. Oh, really? Oh, well, found a flea on the giant rabbit. He's got to go. We got to, <laughs> we got to kill this thing. <laughs> Yeah, so my mom blamed it on the Laotians that lived uh, up on the There you go. It's always the Laotians. <laughs> Especially yep. if they can't speak English. <laughs> uh, you guys have a good one, all right? Thanks, all right, man. Alex. Good story, man. So we're, after the break, we're going to get D.C. Benny in. And also, I want to talk to you about a face in the crowd. Oh, sweet. Vic is great at uh, turning me on to stuff to check out. Just Andy Griffith-related stuff. I was like, when you were telling me about that last week, I'm like, Andy Griffith? Evil. Wow. Evil Andy. It was evil. Andy it's and a face in the crowd, and you said better. at the time you said it's one of your favorite movies of all time. It is. So when you said that, I'm like, all right, I'm watching this fucking thing over the weekend. I loved, loved, loved this movie. Yeah, it's outstanding, and it uh, really reminds you of uh, Donald J. Trump. That's for sure, or any other weirdo that gets corrupted by power. But that's what the it was based on politics. Yeah, right. It it is a great movie, and uh, I didn't realize how great of an actor Andy Griffith God, was. Oh he's frightening. He was great. Yeah, they're sitting here, little Opie, tucking in the sleep. Night, night, Opie. He ain't be. There ain't nothing like that going on in this no, thing. No, uh -huh. not at all. It's, Hell no. You forget it's him. Yeah, that's the uh, best part. The right. only thing I know, yeah, the Andy Griffith show, which was just you know very, very wholesome and nice, and you know good, good fatherly acting, I guess. But, but this, nothing like this. 
Did he yeah. play uh, a lot of heavies in his career? Not often. I remember after, I remember in the 70s, I saw him when they like a made for TV movie and he was the leader of this biker gang. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, really? There's a there's some, you would have to almost Google it as, right. you know, Andy as the heavy kind of thing. There's a few good ones where he plays a psycho mean guy a few times. But you know? I, I was thinking that after a face in the crowd, he, he should have got a lot more work you as, as a heavy and he probably should have maybe won an Academy Award for something. Straight up stage acting, you Is know. Acting was ridiculous. Yeah. No time for sergeants. He did. Uh, they made a film out of that. That was a Broadway show. Yeah, and that was when he first worked with uh, Don Knotts. And, yeah, uh, I think that helped morph into the television show. A I don't even think I ever heard uh, about a face in the crowd until you mentioned it last week. Oh, I'm good. That's worth it. It's a it's a it's a great movie. If you want to check out something different, Obi Radio is back. I'm embarrassed that DC's never been on my radio show. <laughs> I'm, I'm embarrassed by that. Hey, man, it's a pleasure to I, be here. I just feel like you Henley. should have done this show. And then Vic Henley just loves <laughs> loves your ass. That's my man. He's man. like, you got to get DC Benny in here. I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh, where are you? Uh, there you go, buddy. The uh, He made my show better. You know, <laughs> about a lot. Of, I can't say that about a lot of comedians. That someone actually helped me make my shitty, shitty show better. Now, how stand did, up? Yes, absolutely. How did that happen? We, we, because because uh, he. He, he had the um, he had the storytelling show downtown, right? And there was a whole uh, well, ninety eight through ninety through two, early two thousand. There's a period in there where it's real cool to go downtown. It was cool, man. It was in a jazz you know, bar. The, yeah. You know that was it. Started at Luna. It was the first, but they would do offbeat, weird things and all these different character nights and things. And so he started a storytelling show in the jazz bar in the back room. Looked like a hookah lounge. Yeah, oh, nice. It was sweet, man. <laughs> it was sweet, man. <laughs> it sounds like you miss it. I do, man. It was a great time, man. Everybody came through there, man. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And so, sounds like a great vibe. And I yeah. would never do the free gigs. I'm old school and I'm yeah. cheap. And so I was always bitching about it. And then he would, I would eventually run into him. And all my friends were doing it. And he's like, quit being a jackass and come do the show. Yeah. And uh, he would give us a topic a few days ahead of time. And we would have to go down and tell a story on the topic. That had to be funny. Could be. We had a couple of dudes that were specialized in the creepy, weird story. Yeah. That by the end of the audience, you just sitting there going, I don't know if we should be listening to this one. Then you throw a funny dude yeah. on to save it to dig out of it. <laughs> Before the room uh, walks itself. Yeah. But the point was tell the story on the topic and tell it well. A good story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And yeah. uh, and so we did this God for years. Yeah, it was but great. That started, and then I probably did it for at least five years. or a Wow. Period. But I, and then I started people, I started putting stories in my show, and people started liking it. And ever since then, I almost closed every single set. There's always two stories in one of my 45-minute sets. How did he help your comedy and how does that happen because i would imagine it's tough for you to just go hey uh, you know Vic, can i talk to you for a second well, I, think, I think it helps some of your stand up here but he didn't wait it wasn't like that it was just that's why the, i'm asking i don't know how that would come about it, it, I, I didn't tell stories in my show i wrote shitty jokes about things i thought and whatever right. i heard and blah 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 and i didn't really tell stories yeah or, or embrace the long firm of that because if you're used to fast-paced stuff or getting a laugh you can get insecure or whatever sure. the pacing of the whole thing and going down there and doing that all the time and i was getting a divorce so it also <laughs> Just to get it out. There was some drinking that went on in that hookah room. You know, openly smoking weed in the place. (laughs) That too, yeah. That too, yeah. (laughs) Nobody's getting mad about anything. Nobody's. The jazz band would come in and fucking start setting up and come in the back, and we're all laughing and giggling. And then I started realizing, I'm like, I should put one of these in my... Because the funny ones, they would all tell me, they're like, dude, put that in your show. That's funny. It's hard. It's hard to do that because, you know, especially if you're... You're uh, you're in the city, and yeah. it's like 
you're on one of these showcase clubs is 10 comics and everybody's got the joke concentrate right. bang 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 and then you you kind of switch it up and do long form and yeah. the audience is used to punch 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 I, you know? i'm a huge fan of long form yeah huge fun. fan of someone that can tell a story and then the jokes are obviously throughout the whole story that's my favorite uh type of comedy it, like i said it man, it's, my my, it's, it's one of mine it, it is totally totally when when prior would go in, in the characters and do mudbone and you get a character and a story yeah <laughs> mudbone telling and i and love the there. Oh, the fucking laughs. I just gotta wait for it. You know, yeah, thing, sure, you know? absolutely. Tom Arnold used to swallow a goldfish. That was his one when he started doing stand up. That was one of his closers. He would close it, he would put the goldfish? goldfish on a thread and swallow it and then pull it back out. Oh, beautiful. That's, <laughs> that's kind of fun. That's what they do <laughs> in the toilet. In the jail, they, you know, uh, the drugs, they flush it down on a string and then they pull it back out. So it's, uh, you know. How do you know that, DC? Like, yeah. <laughs> How do you know that? DC Benny is familiar with all things criminal. Believe me, he knows. I've met some shady people through DC Benny. You know? Really? Yeah. Have you had problems over the years? Uh, not so many. I've been, I've been, you, you know, I've, mellow, I've definitely mellowed in my old age. You yeah. know, okay. Here, it's all legal now. It's the shady, the shadiest two were twins and were millionaires and rich, and you wouldn't think they'd be shady. Oh yeah, and I don't mean they're just crazy. I'm, I don't what, mean his friends. Oh yeah, yeah. The, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't look at this guy and go, put a piece of acid on your eyeball. <laughs> yeah. this is not that guy, right? And yeah, that, they were always, and that's what we did. And uh, <laughs> and I was, I remember at his house. Shit. I'm staring at this painting of this horse, and it it, it looked like a man's ass, right? The, 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 it was the back of a horse. It looked like yeah. a man's ass, and he's like, the artist is here, this guy Tommy. You got to meet the, you know. And I'm tripping already. And he brings the guy over, and I'm like, why does it look like a like a like a man's ass? And he's like, well, you know, Tommy fucked the horse, right? So I'm like, all right, I got to. <laughs> I don't know if I want to hear this, but tell me. And he's like, well, you know, you take the beast, you ride it out to the water, and then you, you submerge and then slide down the back, and, and I had to leave. That was. LA. I just had to, I had to leave that conversation. Wait, he was explaining how you do it? How you that do was it. His, that was his way to do I it. I couldn't believe he would actually, like, I'm like, you actually did it. And he right. explained the technical yeah. you ride. And he was like, it was love. And, you know. <laughs> what, what, I, what, I find, what I find hilarious about that is when someone decides to have sex with an animal, yeah. the animal just keeps eating. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why I know that I'm not gonna say, but that's what I, that's what I find so funny about uh, those videos that they're just eating the whole yeah. time. They're not even bothered that you're you're trying to have sex with it. Yeah, it's kind of like marriage after a while, you know. With you, you're there with the wife, she's like lifts up a leg, do your business, and go to sleep. You know, I'm eating these oats. That's the old joke. Just vacuuming. Just keep vacuuming, yeah. honey. Just keep vacuuming. Yeah, that's still Donald Trump joke. Wow, that's that's weird. But he he wanted to tell you about how to yeah. have sex. Yeah, horse. yeah, it was pretty crazy. You know, I just wanted to hear about the painting. I'm like, why is it? You know, right? But, uh, that was the that was the deal. No, the, a horse's ass definitely looks like uh, a giant. Yeah, a giant. Sure. This like, giant one really ass. Did. giant yeah. athlete's ass. Let's just put it there that way. Go. Okay, <laughs> right. right? We could say that. Right. Hell yeah. See, that looks like a giant. <laughs> <laughs> That's Beyonce. That's Beyonce's butt. <laughs> Strong and firm, and maybe not that part. <laughs> There's the weave. Not All right. That part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got that Fulton. Mall. Yeah. yeah. And you also were telling me um, right before you got in here that you did comedy in China, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to go to China badly. Oh, did, did you like it? I loved it, man. I love. I was very... I was very scared to go because long flight, you know, I don't like flying. It was like uh, 13 hours and another three hour flight or whatever. But uh, it was and you couldn't talk about a lot of stuff like you couldn't talk about the three T's. They have the armband guys there that'll they'll come in and monitor. I the never caught wind of any of that. Stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't talk about Tiananmen Square or Tibet or there was some other the three T's. That's what yeah, they call the three T's. Don't talk about those. 
the crime is very low because if you're caught, uh, especially with drugs, apparently they catch you with drugs or a, or, or firearm, automatic death penalty. You get a, a bullet to the back of the head and they send your family to bill for 13 cents. So it's, it's really... <laughs> It's really like discouraged. There's not a lot of crime. Yeah. And, and it takes the family a year to pay it off. Yeah, right. <laughs> Working in a bauxite mine, a year of making Nike sneakers. Good God. Yeah, it was pay pretty, the debt to society. It was tight, man. It was tight. But the, the shows were great. You know, like a lot of expats, you get the Australians and the English and a couple, like some Jewish guy from Jersey tell me where to get kosher food and stuff like that. And then like 30% Chinese. It was, it was great. Did, you know, uh, being it, an American though, sorry, Vic. No, no. Uh, are you a little worried that you're going to fuck up? Because probably something that's uh, accept, accepted here in the states, you do it over there, and all of a sudden you're like, you're you're basically in- just don't talk about the government, okay. is, and you're good. You can talk about pretty much. They don't care about sex or drugs. Where, or where's whatever. the caning? Uh, that's Singapore. Singapore, Singapore yeah. like where you spit on. That's what I'm talking about. You spit on the sidewalk or you're chewing gum. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're they're throwing you into yeah. a prison and, and you get that the midnight express. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean by that. Like, was there anything where you're like, oh, I'm I elected make sure. not to go there because that was going to be part of it, and uh-huh. I just I stayed in China, but I think the rules there were a lot harsher. It was like doing like a corporate gig or something, yeah. but you know. Uh, but the, China was pretty... Th- their comedy was kind of still developing a lot. Like they had like dudes in panda suits hitting each other with bats and shit like that <laughs> on TV. I mean, that was... That, that's kind of where it was at, you know? <laughs> they're they're in the vaudeville stage. Well, well, that, yeah. It's funny. I was, well, I was talking to Corielli exactly about this at yeah. Gotham a couple of weeks ago because Pete Corielli went to Lebanon. Oh, wow. And, and and he's, he goes home with, at the time, the most popular comedian in Lebanon because the guy had weed. And he was going to uh-huh. go back and actually run the risk of smoking weed with the dude in Lebanon. And they got stopped by a Jeep with a machine gun on him. And then the guys recognized that it was the comedian. And so as soon as they get back to his house, they're talking, they're hanging out, they're smoking a little weed. Uh, the dude tells him, you know, he keeps complimenting Corielli on how he just stands there. It was just so effortless. You came out, you put your, you had a, you, you set your drink, your bottle of water on the stool and you just stood there you just stood there right. and he kept and he, after they're all stoned and he keeps saying it 80 million times pete goes well, what do you mean and he goes well uh, I, don't, I wasn't gonna ask you to watch my act but uh here look what i have to do this is what i have to do <laughs> wow <laughs> i could never just stand there and talk like yeah, you yeah. do and the dude came out and he had on like the right out of aladdin he had on the big curly <laughs> oh, slippers yeah. the curly toe slippers he had a very bright multicolored robe he had a funny chicken. hat on he had a funny hat on he had bubbles blowing all around him. He turned on a bubble machine oh, and wow. he had a glass of like, it looked like champagne. He had a champagne glass, but you weren't allowed to have champagne, but it had like something sparkling in it. And he has to come out to just music and just dance around for the first five minutes. Yeah, he doesn't even say anything. He goes, the, he goes, if I don't start like this every wow. show, they'll be booing me off stage. Wow. Well, <laughs> there's some clubs on the Lower East Side that are a little like that. You know, some of those alternative rooms. So, a yeah. little, little on the strange side. <laughs> oh, oh, that's great, man. We that got, is great. I got, I got yeah, no, go. I was going to ask you, go, where go, did you go. go? Did you go to Beijing? Was went it to Hong? Beijing? Hong went to, Kong? Uh, 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 Shanghai. This Wuji. Wuji. Suju. I don't know. And uh, Chengdu. And each one had like different regions, different food, like different, you know, their. their uh, but the you didn't go to Hong Kong or that didn't, was. I didn't make it to Hong Kong. The British dudes always go to the one in Hong Kong. Yeah. It's always Beijing. God, you're Hong that close Kong. and you don't get to go they, to well, Hong they, Kong. The first, yeah. Usually they send you there first because that's the one that's most, uh, yeah. the most expats, the show you'll really go fly yeah, yeah, yeah. you go elsewhere from there. 
there. But was, that pollution was something else, too. I mean, it was like, I felt like breathing the air there. It was such a different, I mean, it's New York. You know, yeah. New York is, is, is bad. But there, it felt like taking a breath felt like you're doing a sit-up with a passed-out panda on your chest. You come up and you do a bong hit off a catalytic converter. That's what it felt like every breath, you know? <laughs> it was crazy, man. You don't realize how bad the air is in New York City until after a rainstorm. And, yeah. and then you get that couple hours where it's pretty yeah. pretty uh, nice. pure, the yeah. air, for a little bit. Until for the, a second. Yeah, for a second or two before the pollution takes over again. Uh, I want to take this call because, uh, Vic, you got another fan. Right. Casey God. in Pennsylvania, go ahead. Opie, it's an honor and a pleasure. Um, Vic, the young lady's name is Lee. She's listening right now. Tomorrow's her birthday, and when she hears your voice, um, things get going. Is young lady a euphemism for something? (laughs) No, (laughs) no. Really a person? (laughs) To me, every woman is a young lady. Oh, okay. Happy birthday, Lee. (laughs) If that's what you're shooting for, happy birthday. Things getting going. Exactly. And and I have one question for Opie. Yeah. When are you going to check the bank account in Erie? The bank account in Erie. He wants you to check a bank account in Erie. Uh, I don't understand that, sir. That's that is an old, old, old callback from way back in the day when you were on terrestrial radio. Right. See, I said this last week. The fans yeah. know more about this radio show than I do. Uh-huh. What's the callback? I, now I need to know. It, 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 you made a comment a long time ago that you had a checking account in Erie and you needed to check the balance. <laughs> what the fuck? That, that, like I said, this, this is when you were on, I think it was CMF up in Rochester when I heard it. Oh, Jeez. wow. So you, that's fabulous. I, I hope it's still open. Wouldn't that be the greatest I don't know thing if I, I'm trying to think if I ever had a, a bank account in Erie. All right. Well, that, that's a hell of a call. Back. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys got a great show. I love it in the afternoon. Home run. Thank you, you're, sir. You're doing good. Thank you, man. Brother. All right, brother. All right, you Thank you. And we got DC Benny in here for the first time. Uh, fantastic, man. Fantastic. fantastic. Callbacks right. you don't remember. I love it. Uh, yeah, that was when I was working on the home of rock and roll in Rochester, New York. <laughs> I actually put up some video last night. The day I met Sam Kinison, I got video of that day when he was on Brother Weezer's show. And I'm just oh, a God. schmuck in the background, just starting in radio. And I get to meet and hang out with uh, with Sam Kinison with, That's awesome. with Brother Weezer for. And I, I Posted a couple of videos on the. You were not channel. in wow. some weird outfit or something. You're not like yeah. in a. Diaper. Well, no, it was that dumb sweater. I've shown you the picture. Okay. All right. Yeah. No. I, no. But I didn't know if there were others. Like a big lollipop. You know. Obviously, that guy. Hey, he was like the guy. Dude. <laughs> here, blowing bubbles. Here you go. Pause this. Uh, just because you guys could appreciate this. So yeah. You got Sam Kinison. This Sam. is like 1988, 89 ish, if I remember correctly. The guy with the really long hair and the sunglasses. That's Jimmy Schubert. Schubert. I was going to say. And then this guy. Ah. If you play the video with the dark hat, right behind. Behind uh, Kinnison is a, a very young Carl LeBeau. That is Carl wow. And I'm trying to, maybe you guys know some of the other guys in here because they were the outlaws of comedy. So there wow. were a couple other guys. Oh, Epstein there. might be in there. Uh, who else? But look, I mean, look, look at how many Schubert with that hair, man. <laughs> look how many people were in the studio for Sam Kinnison, man. He, wow. he had uh, an entourage, and then uh, everyone at the radio station wanted to check it out. And then I, I put up a video. You know how everyone's talking about locker room talk lately? Yeah. There were these sales guys that were watching, you know, what was going on from the other studio, and they were commenting about all the girls, uh-huh. and and they were talking about how this girl's a gobble queen. And <laughs> <laughs> Is it worth popping up the audio? You think for a second, Paul? Here, here, start push playing this. Oh no! Here we go. She's gonna shut. Oh, oh wow. thank you. 
That's the girl. She faxed it in. It's got her tattoo of her boyfriend. Oh, she's nasty. Get her out of there. Get her out of there. The blonde. I like that blonde right there, man. She looks fucking. She looks like a fucking gobble queen. Senator. I like that blonde. It's Schubert, man. What are you talking about? Guy, I can introduce you to Jimmy. I know exactly who that is. I don't want to blow up his spot because I remember him being kind of a cool guy, but I mean, he didn't sound too cool there. Like, oh, she's got to be a gobble queen. There you go. There's what guys do when yeah. uh, they're they're alone with each other. I like that. Uh, I like that phrase though. You know? Gobble queen. <laughs> yes. I, uh, yeah, we we did that. Uh, we used to say that maybe when we were 17 yeah, years old. Sure. That guy was in, uh, probably in his 30s at that point. Yeah, that's where. You, what's the age cutoff? Is where I yeah, think if you're a teenager, you, you, know. can, you can almost get away with saying gobble queen. In the college you're, years, good lord, there's shit I said in college. I'm uh, sure it'd be the most embarrassing. Chills, as we like to say, yeah. Yeah. douche chills. Uh, you guys, you're watching the debate tonight? Uh, gonna, gonna, yeah. Gonna, Who's gonna not to, watching this yeah, one? Yeah. I met Trump when I first uh, moved to... Uh, oh, God, I remember this. Yeah. It was, I, when I first moved to New York, I was living with this guy who was a stylist yeah. in Times Square. And I needed some money. And he's like, uh, he, so he comes, he's like, I got a gig for you. I need you to bring, I got this photo shoot. Uh, Columbus Circle. I need you to bring this dog up to the photo shoot. All right. So I'm like, all right. He's like, uh, here's some money for the cab. But go get it for my friend Matthew. So I go to this guy Matthew in the village. He brings his dog out. It's a giant blue poodle. It's been dyed blue like a Smurf, right? So he's like, don't get him wet because he runs. He's giving me all these instructions. It's got this rhinestone necklace. He's like, this is Bel Air. This is DC, DC, Bel Air, Bel Air, DC. You know, it's just bizarre. And I'm just in the city. Like, I'm just figuring shit out. So, uh, you know, get in a cab. The driver's like, hey, that dog better than that crap. I'm like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So we're driving the dog. I'm 6'4", but the dog's taller. I mean, it's taller than me sitting next to me. I'm driving with this blue dog in the cab. All the cab drivers are looking at it like, what the fuck is we we get up to um Columbus Circle. I'm standing there with the dog. I can't find my roommate. And, and there's some like PETA demonstration or something going on. Of course, that day. So all these old Jewish ladies come. How would you like if somebody did that to you with dyed your hair blue? I'm like, it's not my dog, you know. So right the in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. The one I'm holding with the rhinestone necklace, you know, looking extra masculine. Uh, so right then, uh, Trump comes out of uh, the hotel and goes, uh, I'll never forget. He looks at me and goes, I love that pooch. He gets into a, a limo and drives off. And that's when I met him. And that was my. Introduction oh, that, New York. Oh, oh, I thought you were bringing the blue dog to Donald Trump. <laughs> no, no. I oh, love, okay. He I just popped out. Pooch. No, I was bringing it to some photos, but it was just bizarre. It was, it was like New York City moment. He, yeah. he used to call the show. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, he was so much fun. Really? He's kind of funny. I mean, he is kind he of funny. He was so much fun as far as getting on a radio show. Yeah. And I enjoyed this whole thing until one day I went, I went oh, my God, this is getting way too serious. Yeah. This is like the real deal now. I didn't think he was going to make it this far. No, this is who crazy. did? crazy. Who did? And I, I never thought Schwarzenegger would have been elected no, governor right. of California. <laughs> no. I never, ever dreamed that. It's bizarre, man. You it know? is so bizarre. They like said the, that about Reagan, though. It's the guy yeah. from the monkey movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's the guy from the monkey movie. Westerns and stuff. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Our Donald Trump Jr. audio is making the rounds. Oh, really? Yeah, we were we were played all over the cable uh, channels last night. Megyn Kelly did a little action with it, uh, CNN. Huh. 
Yeah, he said some things. Did he? <laughs> yeah, he said some things. No, no gobbling. He, was, he came in here and was having fun. It was it was me and Anthony and uh, Jim Norton at the time, and uh, he was talking about how he, he's bummed that you can't make fun of fat people anymore. <laughs> they got that sound bite that uh, <laughs> it's going everywhere. That's great. <laughs> 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 that's great. <laughs> I, a few people, uh, a few people told me, you know, this, these clips are being played all over the place, and I don't remember exactly what he said uh-huh. over the years because we've had Donald Trump Jr. on uh, off and on for the last, I don't know, four or five years. And I'm like, oh my God, please, please, please. <laughs> and I'm, I'm listening going, I'm praying I didn't say anything too stupid. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm clean though, man. I realize I'm clean in these clips. Not too bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Not too bad, but nope. Donald Trump Jr. all bummed out. He can't make fun of fat people. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, well, it's a disease. Great. He talks about fat people. He goes, uh, no, go right there. Well, it's a disease, uh, uh, a host said so it was either me or me or anthony or jimmy said that and then uh, uh trump jr goes fat people get every uh, fat people get everything's a disease yeah they're offended until they lose weight said another host laziness is a disease too trump jr said and then it went on to talk about how he, he's bummed you can't make fun of fat people anymore yeah my grandfather used to get angry when he would see fat people he, i don't know it was such a he'd always get angry he'd be like they could do something about it they could tell like, yeah you know no nah, that's nah, not always a, I, I could do you know yeah I, I feel like you could do something to a point. To a but, point. But then I, I do feel like people are born with a, like a body type. Sure. Sure. Oh, God, sure. yeah. But you, you know. I think you, you have a little responsibility in there where you could like, you know, keep it under control to that a third point. pound cake, you know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you could squeeze, you know, uh, lose about 10 or 15. I, 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 don't I don't know. For wrestling in high school, I had to get a physical thing, and I, I'm reading through it, and I had a couple of words I couldn't understand, and so I took it to my friend's mom, who was a nurse, and I'm like, well, I can't understand what he's saying right here. And she, I could tell she didn't want to tell me, and uh, I'm like, well, what? And she says, it says, uh, that if if you if you're not careful, you could be really fat. Oh. <laughs> I have that. Oh. He goes, you have some sort of body type that would lend yourself. She goes, you're never going to be muscular. And you'll just be fat. <laughs> How the fuck <laughs> do they that out? Yeah, you know, I was like 14. Now here's your cigarette and drink your milk. You know, right? <laughs> but yeah, I was like, was there's she, no. She used some Latin terms or something. She's like, she's basically they're telling you that like uh, if you work out and everything, yeah. you won't really get big and buck, bulky and muscular. That you could, you know, you'll get a little stronger. They knew by just looking at yeah, you and checking body, out yeah, your numbers? Yeah, your bones, yeah, your bone structure. Right, sounds questionable like that, to me, man. I don't know, just, well, we got Dr. Steve. We got a doctor on call. So oh, we'll, sweet. We'll, yeah, we're going to call him to see how true this is. The, uh, yeah. Try to get Dr. Steve on the phone. Uh, speaking of politics and Trump, by the way, the White House press secretary mocks Donald Trump for uh, wanting pre-debate drug tests. This is a very good <laughs> clip. Do you want to play it for everybody, Paul? Yep. Yeah, let's play this. On Saturday, Donald Trump suggested that presidential candidates should... Uh, have to take a drug test. White House yeah. response? Well, so you're telling me that the candidate who snorted his way through the first two debates <laughs> is accusing the other candidate of taking drugs? It's a curious development in the campaign. That's your response? That's my response. Okay. Michelle? Are you saying just now that you think that the sniffling or snorting, as you described it, might have been related to... Not at all. Okay. So what were you saying? What were you trying to get across when you said that? I'm just trying to have a little fun. 
<laughs> so serious today. <laughs> That's great. All right. He looks so guilty, Saint. <laughs> right. He didn't lie. He had to admit that he was just joking. But yeah. you know what's great about it. this? He thought he was going to get a huge laugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got nothing. He went, oh, fuck. And then you could yeah. see he's. I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's there. like, oh, man, I thought this was going to bring down the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's not one giggle. You no, got to explain it to him. Yeah. So. yeah. They're not playing that as a real clip yeah. today. Like, it's obvious yeah. he was going for a joke and he got nothing. He got mm. nothing from it. Uh, tough crowd, <laughs> tough room. <laughs> the White House press room. Yeah, yeah once what's her name left, it became uh, the oh, was her, the lady that was great that was always there forever, a thousand oh, years. Oh, with the red dress? Uh, um, talking about the red dress lady? The, uh, Helen. Uh, uh, it is Helen. I know who you're talking about. Helen uh, was there forever. Helen. Uh, yeah, once Helen left, it all went to shit. They uh, lost her sense of humor in the press room. Yeah. Press. <laughs> Helen Thomas, there you go. Helen Thomas, very good. Did you get that? Oh, no, you didn't get that one? Uh, is Dr. Steve there? They're calling. It looks like we might have him in a second. Here. This is regarding your, uh, my, your, my pudginess. Yeah, yeah, that's like those things, you know, when you, that old school stuff of like, you know, have a steak a day and, you know. Yeah, well, you know. Of, yeah. They might, well, my, it's, my dad, I'm shaped like him. And it's, he did you know, he could, he, he, he put on weight back and forth. Lots of times yeah. he was always fat, but I don't ever remember being a big, you know, muscular, yeah. pumped up guy. Well, you never been fat since I know you. So, I, I, I got a gut. I have uh, to gut. I have to watch it. Cleverly hidden. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wear a lot of black t-shirts. I have some moo-moos at home. I have a moo-moo with Jabba the Hood on it. Spanx, so it really makes yeah. it look smaller. Spanx. You were never a big guy, were you? I was a fat kid. The last time I had to, I've put on, I've had to lose like 30 to 35 a couple of times in my Damn. life. A couple of really? different times. Or you could have just left it on. Yeah, but I, I didn't feel good. My, I hate it with my pants and it's all stupid, you yeah. know. And then women, I learned, don't like it. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time, if you're going to have Unless a you got money. If right. something right. And I'm a comic, so I never had any. Right. Donald Trump. <laughs> so, I think the last time was probably around 2000. I had to, somewhere around in there. I was chunky big, and then by by 2001, two, I had it. I had you taken it down to what I'm supposed to be. Got it all under control. Yeah. Here's Doctor Steve. Uh, Doctor Steve. Hello, boys. What muscle did you pull? Oh my! Well, I ruptured my plantaris longus muscle. <laughs> Is that toe? Yeah, isn't that under your foot? It's like the heel. No, 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 no. It goes up the back of your leg. It's We're a all wrong. Crampy, <laughs> fuck. Crampy, useless muscle. Fifteen percent of people don't even have one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. You pulled the muscle that, <laughs> that only fifteen percent don't use or have. Yeah, that's completely useless. And but when you rupture it, it hurts like a, you know, like oh god, it's so bad. And then. I split the uh, the medial and lateral head of my gastrocnemius, which is the main calf muscle. And so I'm limping around like an idiot. And the only thing I can say is, you don't start long distance running when you're 61 years old. Yeah, yeah. Stupid. But, but you're a doctor, <laughs> don't you already know that? And maybe you'd start yeah. out a little slow, stretch and hydrate. Well, I, and, I'm, yeah, I'm doing a great program. It's called Couch to 5K, but it was too it was too much for me apparently. <laughs> couch to 5K. Couch yeah. to 5. There's no <laughs> there's no middle part to that, like ottoman and yeah, yeah. Right, couch, <laughs> ottoman throw rug. Right. <laughs> Right. Your, your speed is more couch really, to the mailbox. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that. These guys weren't laughing at that. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, so what kind? Of, so you got a physical therapy to to get uh, back back together there, huh? Yeah. Well, I really look. My kids. Uh, I was a long distance runner in high school, and then I sat on my ass for forty years. And um, you know, my kid's long distance running now, and he just kind of inspired me to get running and now look at me you know i'm a damn cripple now you're out for a few months well yeah. all right sucks to be you uh we got to ask you about vic yeah, henley yeah. <laughs> so, so vic henley was told at 14 did you say yeah, yeah 14 teenager. years old that he's got to be careful because he has the body type where he can be a fat dude oh okay is that possible is, is that a real thing I've seen Vic, and I don't agree with that vic what? is a classic what i would call mesomorph which means See? mesomorph uh, that he's sort of in, you know, he's uh, in, you know, a medium build. There are people who are ectomorphs. They're tall and thin. I don't know if you ever watched. Um, DC Benny, <laughs> six four. Madman, but you know the his second wife on that show was an ec- a classic ectomorph. You know, real tall and thin. What about in? Is there endomorph? Yes, exactly. And then the endomorphs are the people that are sort of pear shaped, you know. See, fat yeah. that's that's the word that was on. That's the word that the doctor wrote on my on my physical. You're an endo, he so was, he mismorphed you. Yeah, right. Endomorph, they that's, called yeah, you. Yeah, pear shaped. I tell you, not muscular, pear shaped with the stem up. Morphal profiling. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I told you, I, I reckon there was a couple of words, and it was the Latin that threw me. Yeah. And so I asked my buddy's uh, mom, that was a nurse, and she didn't want to tell me. And, and she goes, "Yeah, it means you could be chunky." Uh. The old teardrop right. gut. That's so. true, huh? Steve? Well, how about that? Well, yeah. there you go. See, there you go. Huh. But is there an actual oh. test, or they just look at your body? I don't know. No, they just look at you. It's like, yeah, you're an endomorph. Oh, God. I, I never wanted to call I that. I didn't like Dr. Brothers. <laughs> that was my doctor's name, Dr. Brothers. <laughs> Dr. Brothers. Dr. That's Dr. great. Brothers. Yeah. That's great. I never liked him. Oh. Sounds like a, That's weird when they do doctor, those look when I was at. a kid, was Dr. Cocaine. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. You're lying. Your doctor's you know, name was Dr. Cocaine. Spell it again. Pronounce it Dr. Cocaine. Yeah, how was it spelled? C-O-C-A-N-N-E. That's cocaine. That's cocaine. You should have just embraced it. Yeah. yeah. DC, we got a doctor on the phone. You got anything going on? Uh, trying to think here. All this anything good? Ecto, you know, I, here, let me ask you this. Speaking of all, I went to a doctor because I had the plantar fasciitis, which is like the... Perfco. The whatever. I don't know. It hurt. The foot hurts. Your yeah. foot hurts. This guy said... Uh, He's like walked down the hall and he looked at me and then he made some, you know, he prescribed some stuff and everything. I got the bill and it was like a hundred dollar, uh, fee. I couldn't figure it out. And I said, what that's, what's that for? And he said, that's the, my, the gate analysis. And I was like, well, what was that? And he's like, when, when you walk down the hall <laughs> and I oh, watched you. Oh so is that God. legit, man? Is that a legit thing? I got a gate analysis for, I mean, literally oh, he watched me for five man. seconds. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to hear what he but said. Was that in an orthopedist office? It was. It really was one of primary care. It was an it orthopedist office. should come up with a better explanation of that. But he, you know, he tried yeah. to, you know, finagle, like, well, you know, what I did 
as I watched your, you know, gate and, and analyzed it while you were working. Right. But, uh, it, it was so quick and it was, it, I don't know what he got out of it. You know, I really don't know <laughs> what he could have discerned, what valuable information. So I guess he was looking at your ass. Yeah, you right. Benny's a good looking man. Ben's a good looking man. He always dresses well. Right. He's always, not today. He's like, not I'm today. gonna, not today. He goes, I'm gonna make this guy walk down the hall. <laughs> Couple of times. Pirouette. Oh, shoot. Well, that, that, yeah, that's my medical question for you. Maybe it's not, you, you know, it's yes, a specialist field. Uh-huh. There are actually codes for these things, and you can bill for them. But here's the thing. Gate analysis, if, these days, if you go to, let's say, Fleet Feet or a place like that that sells running shoes, yeah. you'll, get an, you'll get basically a high school student who will make you walk, and then they will uh, analyze your gait. And give you some inserts, you know, depending on whether you lean in or lean out with your gait and all that stuff. Sure. That's the same fucking thing that that doctor did. And Thank you. And charged you a hundred bucks for it. Ah, <laughs> I disputed it, man. I disputed right. it, just for You're the record. Nice. They can Good. do it. That's... They shouldn't do it, but they can do it, yeah. Okay. So. There, there you go. What is a gait analysis? Thank you, got you for up that. On our, uh, computer. Uh, you watching the debate tonight there, Steve? Absolutely. Yeah, no kidding. I don't understand why Vic's not watching this. <laughs> Just to anger everyone. Just to anger people. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> so, that's that's what they a, always say. Has there ever been a good one? The Has second there, one was yeah. pretty really, amazing. You know, that Lincoln Douglas one back in the yeah, day. That was yeah. supposed to be a good Trump one. Was, Trump was creeping in the background. and <laughs> I, I saw some pictures. Anyway, it looked like he was fucking a, a chair at one point. I mean, there, was some, good. there was some good stuff. Then you had Ken Bone. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. And then the other guy yeah. that looked like he was going to drop dead of a heart attack at any moment, but he didn't get the exposure Ken Bone did. Hmm. I I said a couple weeks ago, I say this whole thing ends with Trump being arrested. How about that? Uh, not this debate. Uh, not this debate. This whole thing. Oh, at the end of it, he all, hates something. losing. He can't. He can't take so it. So he's going to do something. He's, he's going to snap. Get, he's going to just say something where they're like, "All right, look, now we got. We got to take oh, it." Like a Nancy what? Kerrigan, a, a Tanya Harding, and Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan kind of thing. Something. How like, about how about this? You know, they're saying, speaking, of course. They say uh, Hillary's got this wrapped up. Imagine she goes out there and passes out in front of everybody. How amazing would that be? Yeah, that's why you got to yeah, watch that's a good this news shit. Day. That's a good, they'll have her jacked up on something. Yeah, yeah. That's why he wants her drug tested. They'll give her a little. A little they'll give her a couple of greenies. Shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Chocolate covered espresso beans. Yeah. That's fine. Little. Yeah, what do you think they're going to give Hillary to, uh, to get her uh, energized there, Dr. Steve? I don't know about that, but there are um, medications that are. Uh, uh, performance enhancing in debate type situations. And one of them is a medication called, uh, ProVigil that, um, you know, the military calls them go pills. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and it's, but they've been shown to be performance enhancing and, uh, they're only indicated for fatigue caused by either shift work disorder, you know, if you're, if you're doing swing shifts or for narcolepsy, but, you know, they're abused a lot on college campuses for uh, cramming and stuff like that. So if, you know, if in a hypothetical situation someone asked me what what drug should I take to enhance my performance during, let's just say, a 
nationally televised debate, I would recommend Pro Vigil. <laughs> pro Vigil. Make pro a note of vigil. that. It just sounds perfect. <laughs> it does sound good. Exactly. Right. When we, when we were growing pro up, all we had was Black Beauties. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the Black, black Beauties? Black Beauties, oh, yeah. White Crosses. White, white Crosses? White Crosses were, were, were tiny, 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 and they had a little cross in the middle. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you didn't want it. You didn't know if that was actually what it was, you know, until you kind of yeah, took of it. Yeah, of course. You, yeah, you had to take a chance. Yeah. There was a risk. You rolled uh, the dice. Up there in Geneseo, it was all about the Black, the black Beauties. beauties yeah. Stay up all night and you know cram for a test, and then by the time you got to the test, you would fall fucking yeah, asleep. It right. was such a waste of time. <laughs> Torn out all your hair, ground <laughs> right. your teeth. Down. The last thing you wanted to do after staying up all night was take the test oh, yeah. that you were probably pretty prepared for, but were too tired to actually deal. <laughs> I would with. get so jacked up. I'm sitting, there, I'm, just, I'm sitting there drumming on my desk with the pen and forgetting to answer anything. Yeah. I'm looking out the window. I totally got a whole other spaz thing going Hearing on. The voices exactly. Yeah. 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 You know the class is over. And I didn't feel out shit. I stayed up all the way through and then forgot to fill it out. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. All right. You you sound uh, like you're miserable. Good luck with that uh, that Latin muscle in the leg yeah. that nobody has. Yeah. 15% of the people don't even have this muscle and you pull it. Of course that happens to Dr. Steve. Of course. Of course. Uh, all right, brother. Thanks, boys. All right. There he goes. Right, Our pal, Dr. Steve. <laughs> Nick Henley and DC Benny today. I, li- yeah. I like this. Oh, yeah. Depeche uh, Mode. 101 is a great live album. People always ask me about live albums, and yes. that's one you don't normally think of. 101, 101? by Depeche Mode is a fabulous live album. Indeed. There's a recommendation. All right. That comes from the pear-shaped one. That comes from, <laughs> from <bear>. Morphe. <laughs> Morphe Morph. <laughs> uh, you, needed a, you needed a safe space when you were 14. So, you can't call a kid pear-shaped nowadays. No. Really? But back in your time. Are you, are you kidding me? I'm sure they, uh, they explain it another way if you... Bring your kid in. They're not going to go. You, you you could possibly be one of those pear shaped. I was getting it from my whole family. My mom's chiming in. They were Mike and Terry called me the baby whale for five years. That's all I heard. Hey whale or baby whale. I'm like at least make me orca. They're mean. Well, you're not mean, pussy. Baby whale. Baby whale. Whales can't ski. They tried to teach me water skiing. Anything I did, you know, just horrible. Just how we know why you're a comic. They were yelling at me for being fat forever. They called me Masada Man. Uh, oh really? Because yeah, they didn't know what you were. No, because of that well, the Jewish fortress, and then oh, the, you know, and, sure. yeah. and then half half. I got called half half, and half, then half. Uh, yeah, because half Jewish and half not half and whatever. Yeah, and all and that kind of shit. Masada man, yeah, Masada man, <laughs> and bagels, bagels. Ba- that was the bagels. other thing. Yeah, and, and you grew up in D.C. right? Yeah, yeah, obviously D.C. Benny. Yeah, um, and and you just got sick of politics because you, you it was around you all the time. I was you know yeah it's just like it was, it was everybody. It was constantly, and I just, just bombarded I, I got, uh, all the time with horseshit. I got, yeah, yeah. My, you know, my parents had some poly, uh, people involved in that world that would come over to the house, and they would mix with their artist friends. And yeah, they're, they're yeah, they're that. I've met his they're, parents. They're yeah. that blend of smart and eclectic and yeah. sharp. There'd be like some pesto with some weed in it, and then shit would go awry. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what would happen. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I can attest to that. I've Made heard by the, about uh, this in the backside. The three hundred pound opera singer with the glass. 
Sai. That's he would bring the pesto, and then you know nobody really knew, and then bang, it was it was on. And it was on. Yeah. So that was the good game part. on. <laughs> yeah. Now who named you though? Didn't you got the DC Benny oh, because because uh, when I came to New York, uh, I would work the black rooms. I was a white comic working still. Yeah. Token Whitey. Token Whitey. I was the house cracker, and uh, uh, at the Uptown Comedy Club, nobody could say my last name Wartovsky. Nobody could say it. Jeez. So the guy who I'm hosted. <laughs> What's up? Just like the sound. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uncle Jimmy Mac. Uncle right. Jimmy Mac. He would name everybody like when you made your bones comedically, like Brooklyn Mike got named Brooklyn Mike. So he's one day he's like, he can't say my name. He's he's like, where are you from? Like DC. He's like, so DC Benny. And he's the dude who died in the Tracy Morgan uh, car accident. Oh, yeah. 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 Legend. So, uh, yeah. Legend. Yeah. yeah. Right. So in his big joke was. He would host a show. His big joke. It was a <laughs> wait. That guy named you though. Yeah, that guy That's named me. That's what I'm saying. That guy <laughs> named me. It's yeah. pretty wild. He uh, he would do. He'd be like everybody liked the. Everybody liked the sun or something. I, forget, I can't really remember the joke. But everybody liked the sun, and people were like, "Yeah, we, we like sun." And he'd be like, "How you like the moon?" He'd turn around and he'd moon the whole audience. <laughs> you know, that was his, that was his closer. <laughs> so he was kind of better at naming, but uh, <laughs> better than Tom Arnold's closer. <laughs> that's small the goldfish. <laughs> yeah, but that's how it. Uh, that's how I got the DC Benny thing, man. Uh, that's all right. Yeah, he's a good dude, though. He's a good dude. I, I'm just done with politics. Yeah, man. I just I don't know what to say. It starts. You guys started talking. I was like, I. I got to chime in and say something no, yeah, here, but I, I really don't. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I, I don't know. have. I don't have a horce in this race. Yeah, that's there how I go. feel about that's it. That's all so. I need to tell you. you know. he he but I love the process, <laughs> and I love how they're just going after each other. Yeah. I was talking why he took me to the New Eure- New Eurekan Poets Cafe. Oh yeah, it was great. And he that's how he called me one night and said I uh, did drag you out, but you came yeah, out. Yeah, he goes, I need token whitey, I need token whitey. And I went down there speaking of politics, yeah. I went down there and talked about the election my whole Kill. And the quotes they loved it. Yeah. Because nobody else was doing it. <laughs> Everybody's like, Mira, your landlord when he comes to the house and begging and begging, I'm like and then out comes Henley, he's like, How about that uh, that uh, George Bush back there? And, there, and, there, and, there. and people were fucking dying, man. You crushed it. it was yeah. Really, really fun. It was great. I couldn't believe it. And then I, I went to him. And I'm like, you know this circuit. Get me in. I go, are they all this good? And he's like, yes, they're all this good. Anything that's specifically all one thing, whether it's a gay room or an Asian room or a black room, the ethnic oddball, whatever you want to call them, the different rooms. And you are, just killed in that room. Oh, we you're, crushed. They were your people. You're uh, token whitey. It's, when it's fun being token whitey. We well, that, never are. It's always the other way around. Right. Well, my yeah. first TV credit was uh, doing the Apollo, and and I hadn't, uh, I hadn't. Uh, you know, never been on, and there was there was a two white guys that were supposed to go on. They were a team, and I was just in the wings. I wasn't even supposed to go, and they and the crowd was booing everybody off. They booed the producer. The producer came out. They booed off Steve Harvey. He came off. His fucking toupee was all tilted, sweating. I mean, it looked, I mean, it was crazy. They were booing everybody off. That's a tough night. Yeah, so these guys are like, we're not going on. So the producer came to me. She's like, you want to go on? I was like, yeah, I'll go. I mean, I've never been on TV. So the, he, Steve Harvey comes out. He fixes toupee. He comes out and he's like, all right, this next dude, uh, he's like, now, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities, you know, for black performers. You know, you shouldn't be booing you, you know, everybody. And he's like, we're going to bring out this next guy so he brings me out and i just came out and i said surprise and uh everybody laughed and uh it, it was cool but it was it was night nice. you know sometimes when you're the token it's like uh 
You don't want too many on the show, though. You don't want no, like, no, no. two white guys. Right. That's the golden rule. Yes. You have one white guy on the show. Two is yeah, one too many. It. Then two you're pushing, pushing it. it. Yeah. Yep. Now you're getting risky. Yeah. Never we'll push it. Yeah. I think Voss was the first white dude on. Oh, oh yeah. You that's don't have to say. You don't have to say. I think. That one. He's, yeah, you don't have to say. I think. I've heard it a million fucking times. It's still a good one. He still tells me. It's a good one. You've been telling me that for 17 years. Should be on his headstone. I do know that you were the first white comic on that show. Voss got it. Boss got the, the Def Jam. No, it's just, He's it wearing was a, a crash farm hoodie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five sizes too big, I've and that's an extra small. I've never seen this. Oh, that's crazy. You've good. never seen this? No, I didn't know. Oh, I know because he, awesome. once he tells uh, you, once he tells you many times, you specifically don't want to yeah, see it. Yeah, then you avoid it. You know, just because you like to teach yeah. him about it. Yeah. That's what I, I don't teach. know if we have a good copy of it. I, I haven't played this in a while. Oh, okay. We, You're we, play used play to, we used to go to this every <laughs> once in a while. Ready for your next act? See, yeah. Ready for your next act? See, yeah. This brother right here has appeared on Showtime at the Apollo, and he is here tonight to make history. You'll see what I mean. Y'all show your love for Rich Voss. Come on, y'all. Rich Voss on Death Jam. Uh-oh. I can't believe I'm sitting here watching Voss. I know. <laughs> He's taking your time, yeah. DC Bell. Let's just hear A lot of sisters joke. in the house checking me out, huh? Checking me out. <laughs> Look at this giant pants. <laughs> Remember, once you go white, you go right back to black. <laughs> giant fat farm sweatshirt. <laughs> Shit, I'm not like the brothers. I'll eat the coochie, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> My sister used to go out with a black guy. I said, what's up with that? She said, once you go black, you never go back. I go, that's because our family won't let you in. <laughs> Loosen up. Loosen up, folks. Can't we all get along? Till I get my car and get the fuck out of here. We got the Waco over there going, oh, he's going to start shit. <laughs> White people, we need to riot tonight. Me and you, baby. Kill it. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's what? so. Look at him walk, <laughs> walking around. Look at the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> we <laughs> steal lumber. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, look at all this plywood I got. <laughs> Where are the Spanish folks? Uh, there you go. All right. You ever been over a Spanish person's house? They got more furniture than a fucking furniture store. <laughs> I kind of want to hear the whole thing now. <laughs> you can get sucked into a vacuum with it. I guarantee you, somewhere, somewhere, he his dick got hard somewhere, and he doesn't understand why right now. Because <laughs> yeah. it's the universe. He's like, something's going on. Somebody's yeah. talking about me. Voss on Deaf Comedy. We haven't listened to that in a Good bit. Lord. For Comedy Central, I did these commercials where I had to play a clown and you know comedians and clowns don't like each other it's like east coast west coast. i don't know how you explain it but it's just like you know they got the fucking you see them yeah you got the horn and wah, wah. so it was two days and uh i was on the fence i'm like eh, you know but i need the money it's, and so i go and it's like six commercials the clown's supposed to be the president of comedy central that's why it's funny you right. know yeah <laughs> <laughs> there it is that's, that's it because it. there's a bunch of them right i, I love how you have to explain that's why it's funny <laughs> so you know i show up in the first day everybody's mocking me on the, the union guys hey boo doo 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 hey quick clown around you know hey bozo and it's funny the first 30 times right the next day i show up and uh about noon Director comes up. He's like, "Look, we're pretty much wrapped. Um, why don't you take a two-hour lunch while we figure out if we got to shoot any more?" Um, 
uh, here's the thing the makeup it's a budget commercial the makeup guy got sick just so just leave the clown suit on and don't smudge the makeup or anything so my wife worked at a mental hospital at the time so I'm like she's a psychiatrist yeah she's a psychiatrist oh so I'm like my god <laughs> what, what could be funnier than showing up dressed as a clown to me you know so you know hail a cab in New York I have trouble because of the way I look hailing cabs not that day it was like you know crazy place but we get to the hospital the security guard takes one look at me he's like checking in I'm like now nah, you know my wife works here uh, he gives me the name. She's down the hall. I hear a voice. I jump into the room. I'm like, boot, doot, doot, and she's in session with like six crackheads. You know, one guy's like, hey, and runs out, steals a VCR, he visits boss, you know, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and, right, and right. she's pissed. I mean, she's like, you know, no pussy for a month, like the whole thing. You know, so I still got, uh, I got like an hour and a half to kill some, like, uh, I'll go chill out, get a sandwich. So I go to Washington Square Park and chill out, get a sandwich. There's a mime in the park, right? I'm like, dude. And he's got a crowd. I'm like, I'm going to go, you know, because, you know, the park is always the, yeah, there's there's the guys. Going on. So I'm like, I'll go mess with the mime, right? So the mime's doing his stuff. So I start doing stuff. And people are laughing. Like, I'm doing it shitty. Like, I'm trapped in a box. I'm sawing the wood. And the mime's pissed, but he's a mime, so he can't say shit, you know? Hey. So I'm getting the, uh, uh, you know, I'm getting money in the cup and everything. And people are like, the clown's hilarious, whatever. After about 15 minutes, I'm like, you know, I don't want to piss this mime. This is, this is, his, you know. it's his gig. Yeah, it's his gig. So I go sit down and eat the sandwich. Crowd dissipates. The mime comes over. He's, he's pissed because I know now he's talking. He's like, you can't just come clown in the park. There's a sign up sheet. You know, there's Master Lee who breaks the boards. There's the tumblers and everything. And I'm there's like, a hierarchy. Yeah. There's a sign. And I'm yes, like, yeah, yeah, it's a thing. I'm like, dude, you know, that's not what the bearded lady told me. He's like, what beard? I'm like, dude, I'm fucking with you. Right? So, <laughs> I'm fucking with you. So he's like, I'm like, dude, I'm not even really a clown. I'm just chilling out. Yeah, I'm a comedian. He's like, why'd you say so? So he sits down next to me. He's like, you, you want to smoke a joint? I'm like, like, this isn't surreal enough already. I'm like, okay. So in his little Marcel Marceau hat, he's MacGyvered away a joint and a stem of the flower. So we're hitting this thing. We're talking about like the circus. I'm saying, you know, the circus or whatever. I'm, I'm saying stuff that I think is profound, like, you know, generations or years apart, you know, making up words. Life is a revolving door, whatever. And I see his eyes bug out and he just takes off. I'm like, what did, what did I say to this dude? Three cops went away. They're like, you're under arrest. Get the mime, right? The mime's booking through the park. They tackle the mime. He goes down in slow motion. I'm like, what's going on? They were like, you buying marijuana from a known drug dealer. What are you talking about? They open up his mime makeup kit. No makeup. There's like 50 bags of weed in there. Oh I'm like, what's going God. on? They're, I ask him, dude, what's going on? He's like, you think I pay the rent miming? So they arrest us both. <laughs> you idiot. As I'm getting <laughs> called you an idiot, basically. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what As I'm getting uh, arrested, you know, because it's New York, it, Washington Square Park, there was a Japanese tourist with a camera. Yeah, it's like, in New York, crazy place, you're miming clown, get arrested every day. Now. Take us to uh, a central book, and I get the call. I call the wife. She's like, you know, no pussy for uh, another, another month. month. Yeah, <laughs> right. I call. Uh, oh, oh no, I call Comedy Central first, and they, they, I'm like, hey, they're like, where are you? I'm like, I was smoking a joint with mine in a park, got arrested. Click. So now I have to go back in the cell. And I'm like, I need another uh, call. So I'm acting crazy in the cell. I mean, I'm like, boop, doop, doop, doop. you know, and a dude comes up to me and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, can I, uh, he's like, you can use my phone call. You know, you can use my phone. I'm like, all right. He's, I'm like, but how does that work? He's like, there's a bartering system. I'm like, what does that entail? And he's like, you do birthdays? I'm like, eh. you know, because <laughs> I thought it was going to be ass fucking, but it's just a birthday. So I'm it's like, yeah, a party. I'll do a birthday. I'll do a birthday for the phone call. <laughs> so the, uh, I call the wife. She's like, no pussy for a month or whatever. So the, the commercials come out, you know, and uh, they air for like two weeks and they yank them. I don't know what happened. So it must have been about five years ago. I'm in Soho and I got a show that night. I think uh, the seller or something like that. And I'm walking around. I'm 
killing some time. There's this art gallery. I'm like, I'll just go in there, pretend I'm going to buy some shit, get some free wine. I go in there, place is packed, right? And uh, I'm pointing out stuff, pretend I'm, you know, how, many, how much is that fascinating red box? It's the fire alarm, sir. Yes, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm drinking. I realize everybody in this place is Japanese, like, and I'm six four. I'm walking through like fucking Godzilla or whatever, and uh, it's, it's cool. It's a, it's a an exhibit of like New York archetypical stuff like the fire hydrant uh, and this and that paper mache fire. And there's a, a photo exhibit in the back and everybody's looking at this one photo and I look at it and there's a photo of a, a guy getting arrested, getting stuff in the back of the police car. And it's me from that day. And underneath it says something in Japanese. And I asked the dude, I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, what, what does that mean? He takes one look at, look at it and he goes, a uh, tough town for the clown. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's a postcard somewhere. I think it's a postcard somewhere. So that's my crazy clown story. Wow. <laughs> How fabulous is that? That is wonderful. That is too damn good. And what are the odds that you would be in there and they have the <laughs> picture of you getting arrested? That's yeah. what a clown. Top town. Yeah. Uh, what was going to tell you? Uh, oh, the uh, the Halloween costumes. Yeah, University of Florida offers counseling for students offended by Halloween costumes. Uh-oh. This happens every fucking yeah. year. So with some of counseling. Have you ever gone the controversial costume or, or think. think of one? Nothing, nothing no? that great. Did no. you do one? I went as da- after the Waco thing. <laughs> I went as David Koresh. Wow. Uh, and my wife, my wife at the time went as my pregnant teenage disciple. Wow. And so I, we went to the Goodwill and bought a bunch of old clothes. I actually took them out behind my apartment in Los Angeles where I was living at the time. Set them on fire, stomped them out, then put them on. <laughs> oh, and I had, wow. I, had a, I had a big fake gun. I had a, I had extra big pair of pants and I had a gun on one side and a Bible on the other and I would just walk up to people at the party going, I'm going to get you one way or the other. <laughs> and she's got her hair, she's got her hair in pigtails and she's pregnant out to here and she's got a giant Donald Duck lollipop sucker and she's wearing like a Mickey Mouse necklace and, uh, and we won the prize. We were at somebody, it was, uh, it was somebody's house party. We won and I could never, that was the only time I ever thought of doing anything like right. that. And I'm like, that's, I, I didn't really think that was that I, awful or whatever. I remember but. years ago, like at, right after 9-11, uh, uh, Marlon Brando taught some acting class. Oh shit. And uh, he, there was this director Tony K who did American History X. He did a that's a great yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. That's a and great he was kind of out of his mind. He came around. He used to come around and want to do stand up. He'd come to the clubs, do a little stand up and everything. And he was, uh, and he, they teamed up to do this acting class. And he showed up. Tony K showed up dressed as Osama bin Laden <laughs> and taught the whole class like that. Like they were eating cookies and you oh, know it was wow. just the most bizarre thing. And people would line up, you know, for this class because Brando's there. Oh, well, and, Brando. Yeah. And I remember a couple comics to, told me they went to the class, and, and it was just so bizarre. Tony Tony K did. You know. He looks like Osama bin Laden in that picture, uh, right? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, that beard. Yeah, no, he looks different all the time. Like you know, he's but uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that's how he was looking before. Right. Yeah. With Without that. the beard. Yeah, but he. Uh, well, it's, it's uh, stupid. I mean, the Halloween was known for just getting out, outrageous with your costumes. Fred Armisen used to go on SNL and play guitar as Saddam Hussein. Oh, really? <laughs> he had this weird thing where, like, <laughs> if a Saddam had fallen out of favor and had to make his comeback as a rock and roller, and he just, just kind of, he did it at Bonnaroo. I was at Bonnaroo. Oh, really? Me and Brewer were with him at Bonnaroo, and wow. uh, and he was and he was doing it, and it was just so fun to watch. Nine hundred people either. Think, 
half it was a total room divider. You either thought it was the greatest, weirdest thing in the world, right, or you're just like, great. "What the fuck's this guy doing?" <laughs> it's I'm like, amazing. It's completely obvious. It's Saddam Hussein. He's fucking playing guitar. What do you think he's doing? That well, here great. we go. We uh, the top. So these are the ten offensive 2016 okay. Halloween costumes. Perfect. Here, go back up to that headline there, Paulie, to avoid at all costs because racism and sexism are never funny. <laughs> so no women can be slutty anything this year. Then that's what we're saying. If sexism is not funny, then slutty any slutty everything is out. Finally, that's so stupid uh, when they say never funny, never ever. Yeah, because there's always anything funny. can yeah. be fucking yes. funny. Yes, it can. I agree. There's no line. hilarious. Uh, so what is it? Homeless. Don't go as a homeless person is on the list. Uh, well, you may think you've been clever with your uh, any candy helps cardboard signs. You're actually being incredibly insensitive when you dress up like a homeless person for Halloween. A serious epidemic. And this can't be a real article. I'm no. saying it right now. I think people are fucking with That's us. That's Caroline yeah. Ray from Sabrina and the Teenage Witch. Sure. Day. That's a really old clip. A serious right there. epidemic yeah. in the United States. Over 1.4, uh, 1.5 million people are homeless in this country and are struggling to find food, shelter, jobs, and health care every day. That is no laughing matter. I, yeah. I'm, I'm saying this has got to be bullshit. Yeah, but, this can't be. Right? Well, well, the number two is racist stereotypes. Oh, so then that, that that's not bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love the Indian with the yeah. There she is. So. Who's that's the famous actress? Yeah. That's the girl from Dancing Julian Huff. Oh well, I from, thought <laughs> she she did the blackface. Uh, thing. I thought that was <laughs> she regrets. She regrets. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Ted Danson is you know, the that Ted Danson Ted one. Danson that roast. That's but, Hall of Fame. But he got away with it because he was Whoopi. going out with Whoopi sure, Goldberg. Yeah, sure, I'm still saying People, that's Hall of Fame good. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg gave him the nod. Yes, I know. He goes. She goes. Yeah, well, he goes. <laughs> he goes. <laughs> Al Sharpton still didn't like it, though, if no. I remember correctly. But, I mean, he got the nod from Whoopi yeah. when he was dating. I thought that, but still, Whoopi everybody was said, there stomping and Ooh. fighting and screaming about that one. It was Friars Club, too, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Right, especially. Now they're fucking with our the Halloween costumes. <laughs> let's, let's relax a little yeah. bit, right? You never. You, you know, would go to those parties and you'd be like, sure. "Oh shit, exactly. dude, yeah. that one's when it was all really, right. Or even if it was just, a, I saw a guy at a frat party when I was in college, and he had just gone out into the shrubbery and broken off a million limbs, and then bought nine or ten condoms and unwrapped them and hung them all over him, stuck them all inside <laughs> his clothes, and he was a rubber tree. <laughs> so all, but all night long, everybody had to keep going up to him, going, "Dude, what's up with the fucking condoms yeah, yeah. on the shrubbery?" He's like, "I'm a rubber tree, dickhead." And <laughs> so that's that probably wouldn't be allowed now. That would be you know. Some sort well, in Germany, they got that. What is that? It's like a Santa Claus, uh, but it's not. It's like the black Santa Claus, and it's very. When they show Krampus. pictures, it's like yeah, it's like the Krampus guy. It's it's just very offensive. It's very oh, yeah. offensive in the states, but there, you know, it's just sort of this black Santa Claus that goes around and and does uh, nice things. Trick now, I think it does bad stuff. Too. Oh right, but it's, yeah, it's you a, know okay with the tongue and uh, looks like the devil basically. Yeah, but I think there's another version where it's just. It's basically not a monster. It's like a dude that happens to be a black dude, okay. you know, in Germany, you know, and uh, they're like, that's, ah, you know, that's pretty offensive. Just, yeah. Yeah. Does he come out fun. On, is that Walpurgisnacht? Walpurgisnacht. <laughs> Do you know that one? That's some sort of, uh, does Krampus there, come see out the on? dude on the right. Uh, oh, that dude. Oh, that dude's in blackface. Yeah, but that's the thing. Black Pete. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's Black what it is. It's Black okay. Pete. A companion. <laughs> He's a companion of St. Nicholas. <laughs> a companion. That's what he says. I know. Yeah. I see that. He's a Robin to his Batman. <laughs> but it looks, it looks horrible, right? Looks, if you see it here, Yes, it right? looks. I, I never knew that existed. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have to have huge balls to walk around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being Black Pete, you Black know. Pete. <laughs> Black Pete. You know, come on. <laughs> that's great. 
Right. Did you ever have did you, the guy with the dick? Did you know anybody that played that when that prank when that was big for a while? There were aprons you could buy. They had this. Oh no! They had the sock dick on the underneath, and like, it was it was the first. Oh, my buddy's grandmother. I had a manager. <laughs> I had a manager, and that was her go-to move. Really? She couldn't wait to come to his wedding and put on the apron with the dick underneath it to show it to everybody. And she was like eighty-three years old from oh, West Virginia. Great. Well, good for her. And he yeah. t- he told us for a month leading up to the wedding, oh, we're trying to get her not to bring the uh, dick apron thing, and she's not. You're going to see the dick apron thing at my uh, wedding reception. Genius. And she walked around the Riviera Country Club pulling out the fucking dick apron thing all the time. Absolutely. And it killed every time, right? Yeah. Uh, first four, it's, it's one of those where it's funny for four or five times. And then it's like, all right, yeah. enough already. Yeah, but then when you get up to about 70, it becomes it funny again. Yeah. 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 Right. I, I understand the rules of comedy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> got to let it fade away, and then it comes back, and it becomes funny again. It makes a retro comeback. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go to Kenny in Kansas. Kenny, go ahead. Yeah, I've I seen on the... Uh, I read some article the other day about a uh, professor. Some the uh, pumpkin spice lattes are now a sign of white privilege. So are pumpkins and most Halloween decorations. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's good. Yeah, white privilege. <laughs> the, the perfect example of yeah. white privilege yes. is pumpkin spice Reappropriating latte. the pumpkin. That's right. Very nice there, sir. Yeah, nice call, dude. Your pumpkin spice yeah. latte is overflowing with white privilege, says academic. <laughs> it's getting exhausting out there. Let me hear this. And affecting the nation's campuses. A newly released study in the academic journal Geo Humanities says pumpkins are a racial issue and pumpkin spice lattes are a symbol of white privilege. The peer-reviewed article is titled The Perilous Whiteness of Pumpkins. This is real. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. What's that dude's so name? This is real. Uh, what's his name? I, I mean, forgot uh, his is name. It, is it Brett Hume? Uh, yeah, it might is, be. Is it, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. But oh, this, that, is this is real. I haven't yeah. seen him in a while. He's aged a yeah. little bit. I think yeah. you're right. Uh, maybe uh, that was great. Uh, this is real. He, he had to tell you. Like this, he wanted to say this is so fucking yeah, stupid. Exactly. All right, uh, continue great. with this. Whiteness of pumpkins. This is real. It seeks to answer such questions as why did pumpkin spice lattes become the symbol of basic white girlness, and why did they stick even more than you Uggs, yoga, yoga pants, or scented candles? <laughs> so with the whiteness of pumpkins. I don't pay is, attention to that shit. You know? I just I hope the Roloff like... family gets it going for one more season. Just, yeah. I mean, just get those pumpkins out one more one season. One more time for, for, for the for the little people. <laughs> You're a fan, right? I love, <laughs> when is it coming back? I don't know, but they got They can't just leave us hanging. Right. Yeah, I, I need to know what's going to happen. Do you know about Amy. the roll-offs? The little people, little people. Amy people and Matt roll-off. They got a divorce, and now no. we're, we're not sure if they're going to sell the farm. They might have to sell the farm. <laughs> what's happening? It's a show called Little <laughs> People Big World. Oh, it's a real. But they uh, you never saw Little never, People you Big don't know World. About little no. Big World. Oh my oh, god! If you got Matt oh, and Amy roll-off, they were never. I'll I'll do it for them. <laughs> <laughs> they were never in love, but because they were both little people, they like met at a convention. Said, "Well, fuck, it's not going to get any better than this." So yeah. they got married right away without even really getting to. Know each other, and then they had four kids, and three of them are uh, regular size. Uh, I was going to say normal that size. I'll say well. it, normal size. Normal kids. size. And then the, the one twins. is a little person. Yeah, compact individual. So that's his twin yeah. brother. His not twin, only does right? he have th- uh, three of them are normal size, they're really tall, like really tall, over six foot tall. These two are so tanned. 
What's the deal with that? Are which they, which ones? These right here, the, the, the littler. The, uh, although the little people? Yeah, they're very tan. Well, they work outside a lot. Of oh, okay. Hard. that's uh, So just, then after many years of the show, they finally get a divorce. Everyone uh, who watches the show uh, knew that they just weren't yeah. Uh, yeah. in love ever. It's classic uh, bickering family on a, really? live, on a reality TV show. They just happen to be this bickering right. family. Wow. But raised wonderful kids. So <laughs> no this, kidding? Yeah, it's cool. This past season, the divorce was finalized, and they're trying to work together as business partners because they got the they got the the spite, they got the, uh, um, what is it? The, uh, the salsa, is, the pumpkin. Oh, yeah, they're making a salsa. Uh, oh, a pumpkin yeah. salsa that's doing very well. And and then they got the pumpkin farm where everyone comes and, you know, does all the, the fall activities and gets the, you know, pick their pumpkins. But now they're not really getting along even as business uh. partners. So now the kids are really nervous because they might have to sell the farm. This, no, is, so this is the whole reason there's 80 other little... This was the uh, first one, right. and it was oh. such a smash hit that everybody else jumps on the copycat train. That's where all the other little people shows came yeah, from. Yeah, I saw of, one with the, the dogs success. or yeah, something. Pit guys boss, got, yeah, pit that, that right. one I saw. If you watch that one, you're just watching because you want the dog to yeah, right. shake him. That's the only reason you're watching that <laughs> right. one. It's because they're the so same this is size. the original. This, I believe oh, this is yeah. the first one that, that was the jumping off that made, again, made it a smash hit. Uh, they got some great ratings, and everybody went, find us some little people. Uh, Next thing you know, you got the dude with the dogs and you got the lady okay. that's adopting a baby and she's a doctor and then there's you know the chocolate makers oh They're, you know them all I, man no. <laughs> oh, yeah. i was henley, fascinated henley done play i was fascinated because i think i i couldn't figure out where it all came from and it was just a typical tv phenomenon there's little divas you know like the real housewives uh-huh there's, there's little divas it's all little people so they wow. found, they found some little whores too yeah oh right. wow yeah there's little, little little women in atlanta that's a little women in la <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. are they strippers no. or like they're no like, they're just they're just uh uh, entitled just, bitches like the uh, other ones. <laughs> all the other just skanky fucking nasty oh, women that are bad for America. How the fuck do you get entitled? Uh, I don't know. I'm just saying they're, they're the world's already against you, and then you're right. able to spin that and get entitled because your parents told you that you're beautiful. Amazing. You don't listen Incredible. to what anybody says. And but then a little people, big amazing. world. Then one of the kids said, "This is all fucking bullshit," and he moved out to L.A. He might be a pothead. Yeah. And now he's trashing the family and giving all the secrets away. Like yeah. half that shit, half those storylines are bullshit. And they're really tall. They're on their knees. You know, <laughs> it's, it's Tim Conway. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tim Conway. You got to pull out the oh, dwarf, on, uh, dwarf, golf. dwarf on golf or whatever it was. Dwarf on golf. Uh, and then Zach and Jeremy, they're now married. And Zach, who's uh, the little one, he, he married a normal-sized woman. I'm so behind, and, man. And now, like, now that Matt and Amy, they're waiting for the grandkids because then they'll be the next generation. Incredible. It's, Incredible. That's so, lovely. And they make this pumpkin salsa and, and so oh, this could impact boy, them if this pumpkin thing uh, find the, find the roll off. see if see, we can find the brand you're concerned now aren't yeah, you yeah I am I'm getting sucked into this whole <laughs> thing yeah. I want you well I was in for years and I had to give up and then I started coming down here a couple of years ago and I found out I said this to him one day and he was like oh my god <laughs> I don't get like his family he knew everybody's name <laughs> birthdays that was the Capricorn I don't get excited about many TV shows yeah. but man I follow the roll offs okay because Matt's amazing He's a little person, and he, and he, he also can't even walk. Yeah, he has crutches. Right. Oh, wow. And he built this whole farm. Yes, wow. I mean, Although he, is, he fucking, uh, you know, just tells everyone else what to do. But he is, you talk, the guy's got the guy's drive. never raised a, a, the guy, a hammer. Uh, but, the guy's got drive. He's yeah. got a, he had some goddamn ideas, and he yeah. stuck with it by God. And he's a great foreman. So, you know, we got a, the pumpkin peach salsa, <laughs> the pumpkin wow. verde. And I'll bet this stuff's flying off the shelves. I hope it is. Yeah. I hope it is. Well, they had a problem with the labels, if you need to know. <laughs> oh, really? That whole episode. 
episode. Oh, there was arguments like, uh, you know, we need a better label. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they moved to New York. Yeah. Look how I, I think that was a two-part episode. Really? Better label. Think, they left you hanging. <laughs> this lid needs to seal better on this. Uh... They weren't happy with the orange label, I believe. Uh, and they, they... I could see that, though. I could see you got to upgrade, you know, class it up a little bit. This is salsa, you know. It's pot talk in the afternoons. Oh, God almighty. And then I think Amy might uh, might like the, the ladies. No, really? How about that one? You could merge you think, that. Vic? I saw that episode when she had all, when she had girls weekend at the farm. She really? gets yeah. very happy when yes. it's girls uh, weekend at the farm there, DC Benny. <laughs> what happens? What do they She's do? She's got they a little show smile little on her face. Oh, they go out on the four-wheelers. <laughs> oh. They go riding around. They light candles. Kick the ball. But the problem <laughs> yeah. is they're a very religious family, and oh. they used to like focus on the uh, the religion a little bit in the uh, the early seasons, but I think then TLC said, look, we're losing viewers, so let's yeah. let's not uh, let's not talk about the God stuff as much. Okay. Keep it, get a little yeah, yeah, tighter outfits, a little more sorted. Oh, and they read through the kitchen, so oh. she could reach all the counters and doesn't have to get on stools to get all her stuff when she's cooking. Backsplash anywhere? Is it uh, It's a nice backsplash. Okay. Right. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we've all, you're married. Yeah. Still, he's married, yeah. and I've been married. We can yeah. all... We've married and renovated, so, yeah. <laughs> I can understand a good backsplash yeah. now. How do you feel about a ceiling medallion? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ceiling medallion? Well, the, the new thing is chandeliers. Uh, I fucking hate hey, chandeliers. I don't like chandeliers. And people I, are trying yeah. to, we're redoing something right now, right. Uh, some of my place, and uh, they're talking about chandeliers. I'm like, I fucking hate chandeliers. I'm a, I'm a guy from Long Island. I yeah. don't want a chandelier. Not a fan. My mom had a chandelier over the dining table, but it was too fucking low, and I would bang my head every time. Yes. And finally, when she passed away, my dad's like, all right, that chandelier's got to go. (laughs) And we we took that thing down. He waited. He waited. (laughs) There's a light bulb in there now. And then then you can can never move the table if you have a chandelier. Nah, you can't. You You move the table, and then the chandelier's just hang there all awkward, and it's too much work to redo the whole fucking thing. Oh, that thing. Yeah, That That stupid chandelier. Uh, You got a big fan on the phone there, DC Benny. Oh, really? Chris in Louis. Louisiana. What's up, Chris? Hey, Benny. What's happening, Chris? Good to hear you on the video, bro. Hey, good to be here, man. Hey, uh, you know, it's good timing because I I loved your your showtime at the Apollo uh, spot when you had had a joke about uh, little people on that one, didn't you? I think I did. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, you're not one and I didn't offend you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) No, man, I'm above six feet. But that was a good joke. And uh, also the one about the Jamaican nannies raising the... uh, the young white rich kids. Oh yeah, but well, that's that's my neighborhood in Brooklyn, man. That's all you see these Jamaican nannies with the little uh, oh, the little white kids. Uh, you want to talk about that? Oh, I could talk man. about that. Oh, shit. it's crazy, man. Because when I was doing mornings, I was I was the only real parent at the, at the yeah. parks every Packs day. Packs of nannies. Because Packs I, I'm nannies. lucky. Oh, wow. Yeah, sure. I'm lucky. So you know, I'm I'm not a nine to fiver. So I'm able. I was able to bring my kids to the parks. Yeah. And it is unbelievable. All Jamaican nannies, all on their phones, don't give it a fuck about their, their, the white kid that they're you know supposedly watching. They'll hear a kid scream. They'll all look up and go, "Oh, it's not mine." And then they'll go, they'll go right back to talking what shit. What the blood? Put that cheer in them sleep now. <laughs> Cheering? Yeah, but it's good. It's good jobs. Those are that's a good job. You know, they get the, the, a lot of a lot of times it's health insurance. A lot of times, you know, right. they got a little spot in the right. in the, in the 
a, a little, you know, the, the, I see that there's a lot of nannies in my neighborhood. I never, I never see white nannies. I never, never. see white nannies. That and was it, my, uh, uh, Neil Patrick Harris did Clara's Heart with Whoopi Goldberg. And that's, he plays, that's, she's his nanny. Uh huh. Right. And then I just remember, uh, cause he could do the accent as a kid. And I thought it was, it was such a hilarious <laughs> juxtaposition to see little tiny, before he was Waver, before he was Doogie Hauser, he was that. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then he's just rolling the full, get me beef patty. He's, <laughs> right. he's rolling full Jamaica. <laughs> Every cliche, everything out of all time. I was like, this is, I don't know why this is fascinating to me. It, it made me uh, realize never get a nanny because I also saw the nannies talking to the, the mom every once in a while. Yeah. And then as soon as the mom was out of the picture, the, the, they treated the kids way differently. Not abusing them, but not as nice as they were in front of the, oh, wow. in front of the actual mom. Well, there's got to be a little resentment that you're not at home with your kid. You know, you're taking uh, of care of this. You know, it's like, I just cheer right now. You know, right. Blood. Yeah. <laughs> is that the sound? <laughs> That's the sound, oh, the sucking yeah. of the teeth. Oh yeah, white sucker teeth. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. oh. And he's he's right on it. That know? was the one joke. I went to Trinidad and I did uh, I did comedy there. And that one joke, man, that Jamaica joke, I don't know, that thing travels with me wherever, everywhere I go, mm. you know, from the Apollo there. They, uh, that's the gig, yeah. They loved you. They called, they liked him so much in Trinidad. They're like, they would have taken me on that gig. <laughs> <laughs> that's how right. well he did. Right. He wow. can't, no, cause we always try to help each other. Sure. Yeah. And especially when somebody's automatically going to let you hand the gig to your friend. Yeah. And, and he got carte blanche because he did so well down there. That's and he great. came home and called him. And I'm like, you're calling me for this? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's our music already? Fuck. That was fun. Yeah. Ben? Yeah. Always good to see you, buddy. Hey, yeah. man. It was great to, to lose my cherry and get on this show, man. You know? <laughs> you Thank are, you. You are coming back, my friend. Awesome, I like man. DC Benny. Uh, he's not really promoting anything of substance. I all over New York City, man. Yeah, all yeah, over New York that. City. In Montreal, uh, November, I'm at the Comedy Nest and uh, the real DC Benny on Instagram. How about that? There you and, go. And when you have like a, a real gig you need yeah. to promote, you fucking look us up and That'll we'll do be it great, proper. Man. How's That'd that? be great. Awesome. Yeah, Vic uh, vouched for you. So you got to get a good DC man. in here, man. He's a good man. It's good. It's, it's a lot of good yeah. food I've eaten. A lot of good, if I oh, yeah. yeah yeah if I if you've been to my house that's that's the a lentils good. brother. You yes, got the no, lentils. I called him bothering about a lentil recipe one day. <laughs> Two days later, I'm like, I need that fucking lentil recipe right now. Nice. <laughs> oh, we can talk lentils. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked backsplash and ceiling medallions and lentil uh, lentil chili. Right. Oh, oh, oh shit, Vic. What do you got? We're running out. of I time. got a Hard Rock in Sioux City and Omaha. Funny Bone, uh, 9 through 12, November. All right. OP Radio on the Twitter. Looking for some people, some new people. If you're enjoying the show, please follow me. And uh, I guess on the YouTube channel, we got the Jim Brewer talking about his itchy donkey. And maybe a video from today's show. You never know. OP Radio is now over for now. Over. Roger. Over.